Athena Stamos, John Cox, Brian Preventure, and myself, Bob Mitch. And we're going to be diving into the latter half of the James Bond canon right now. All right, why don't we move on to number 18? Okay, we have another tie. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. The ties are fun, though, because then, then any number of us can break the tie by changing one thing. Right. It's so be number 18 and 17. 17. Got a license to kill. <laughs> oh, and never, never say never again. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, why don't we start with the uh, earliest one, which is Never Seen Ever Again. Oh, okay. John, why don't you start? Well, I have it at number 17. Wow, bang on. Okay. I didn't like Never Seen Ever Again at all when I when I saw it. Um, the Bond Marathon that we did really changed my mind. Same here. About... When you watch them in order, there's something about that that completely changed it. It's, it's, it's held up well, and, you know, it has great casting. Connery's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, it has, you know, kind of a... The action sequences, actually, I think now, are very good. Um, I like the motorcycle chase and, and stuff like that. You know, it's it's number 17. It, it's middle for me. And I think the strength of it is I think um, Largo is is, is, uh, is fantastic. Yeah, he's really cool. Really good. And um, it's now, to me, a fairly a pretty decent uh, Bond movie. Yeah. I, I think I think going back to the uh, marathon, because I think we all, that, all of us that there... That shocked me. Yeah, we were all shocked. I think I, I think on that one, we rated it like number nine or something, it's really. It's been my yeah. least favorite Bond movie until, until that. Same here. But then in doing my rankings by just doing elements, yeah. not, it still kind of fell on Never In the middle, never yeah. I, I think what made it work well in the marathon was the fact that, first of all, we were kind of on Roger Moore. We were kind of like, God, we've seen him so much. It was just nice seeing Connery yeah. back and having that change. And the tonal change. It, yeah. It away from and sort the, of that exactly. yeah. campy <laughs> yeah. to realistic, which didn't feel great in 1983, but it feels good now. Yeah, And, and, and also, I think it's it's the most successful Bond movie at taking the old Bond and bringing him back into action. Yeah. Like the Shrubland yeah. stuff is great. Right. Yep. He's an underdog because he hasn't been in a fight for a while, and yep. here he is with a real badass hand. Yeah, movie. yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it has a lot to recommend it. I enjoy Never Say Never Again. And, and, the, and the idea that I think also with Marathon that helped is that Thunderball was still fresh in our minds. And yeah. Thunderball, with the marathons, I think we've all done these these movie or TV marathons, pacing is because you're showing one movie and then you're immediately starting the next and immediately starting the next. So pacing becomes a real, like, you really notice the pacing problems in movies more than probably, if you just watch a movie by itself, it's like you're kind of fresh to it. But man, when you already have slogged through like 10 other movies and now you're watching another one and it's boring and slow, it yeah. really seems boring and slow. And uh, Thunderball, which is, 
in my opinion, boring and slow, uh, you know, it, this movie felt like a way faster version. We're like, wow, they're already at this scene. This is great. So I think the marathon, yeah, I think that's another reason for me why it approved. But Athena, what did you think? I mean, this is basically Thunderball, but made in the 80s. Uh, and I love all the 80s stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of put it at number 17 for me. Never say never again, number 17. Um, I think, oh, we're tied. Yeah, there you go. I think that dance <laughs> sequence with Kim Basinger, I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, As did I. And the 3D uh, video game aspect of <laughs> yes. it. I'm so amused yes. that this isn't a Bond movie. It's amazing. Uh, it's and pretty good gambling. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, you know, contemporary it's twist. It's pretty good. It's just, I don't know, just all of the 80s uh, clothing and <laughs> the motorcycle sequence uh, really helps that movie be number 17 for me. I the opening of the movie in the health spa, uh, Connery is is great. Yeah, um, I, I put this at number eighteen. So I like I thought I think we're pretty much in agreement. Um, what I like about this, it actually makes Connery's age a plot point. And the movie's better yeah. for it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Star Trek II at the con. Like, they know their actors are getting old and long in the tooth. But instead of trying to hide that, like they do with, like, View to a Kill, they, they embrace it. And I love that. That he's, like, you know, that he's coming back. And the, it's great to see him back. Um, I love the entertaining, how, how so over-the-top 80s this is with the video games and leopard print swimsuits. Yeah. It's so deliciously 80s. I love it. Um, negatives. Flaccid music. And I know people oh, yeah. give this a pass because they couldn't use a James Bond theme. But I call bullshit because the 2006 Casino Royale proves you can have a proper Bond film score and not really use a James Bond theme. And yet it still sounds like a Bond score. And this just sounds like kind of weak sauce jazz. Um, the action scenes, I don't really find the action scenes that exciting. They're kind of boring. At the end, again, it's another Bond movie. The end battle is really boring and it seems to go wild. It's not even the underwater stuff. It's just they're shooting around these the set with, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't really do it for me. Um... It lacks the epic scope of the proper Bond movies. Mm -hmm. um, and Bond wearing overalls, just unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually more or less in agreement with you guys. In this really? One. Okay. I, I rate Never Say Never Again number 16. Wow. Um, Tight grouping. It's, uh, it, it, it's what I call just nice middle-of-the-road Bond movie. Okay. You know, I never really had a major problem with it when I was younger and I first saw it. I didn't even understand the whole... I just thought, oh, it's another Bond movie, and he came back. All right, cool. Like, I didn't, I had no clue. I mean, yeah, hmm. I was six. The whole idea that it's an unofficial Bond movie. Yeah, it's movie, an unofficial yeah. remake, and yep. it's, it's all that stuff, yeah. Uh, I love the Bond women in this movie. I think they're very sexy. I think Barbara Carrera really yeah. amps up yeah. the fatal role. That's right. Yeah. Uh, definitely uh, gave me uh, some interesting thoughts at a young age. <laughs> Uh, I, I love not only the way she seduces Bond, but then later when she's like crazy and demands that you, I'm the best woman you've oh, ever been with. That's great. And I he has love to use the pen on her. I'm like, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, Largo in this, I like him too. He's 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 way weird, whack. Mm -hmm. He's like what Walken should have been, I think. Ah, um, I think he's great. Max von Sydow makes a very good Blofeld, uh, possibly my second favorite Blofeld. Mm. The the title tune is also like a lounge piece, oh, catchy in a way <laughs> yeah, that you don't. Catchy in like a commercial jingle way, yeah, but not necessarily in a it's a great song way. Yeah, alternate MQ and Money Penny are adequate, but yeah, not amazing. I actually really like Pamela Stanley as Money Penny, but she's not given a lot to do. M is almost too comic. Q is I don't know. Q's what's sick with a cold. I don't know. I, I, whatever. <laughs> Tell Algernon. Um, uh, Algernon. I like that scene actually. Uh, underwater sequences are still long and dull, as you say. Uh, um, video game duel is kind of laughable today. <laughs> Laughably awesome. Laughably awesome, I guess. 
Um, I thought it was laughable back then. Yeah, <laughs> really? I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's really cheesy, it. but it's like it's did, so. You feel the pain of amusing. our soldiers. I never even right. got the anyway. Like, <laughs> I, I understand it now better than I did back then. I mean, uh, would you join in that? Would you want to feel that pain? No, that's scary. Well, Alright, well, I, I, okay, wait, I will say I like Bernie Casey as Felix Leiter. Yeah, yeah. he's solid. Yeah. Um, I think he was pretty good, and, uh, hang on, so Connery looks better here than he does in Diamonds. He's more true. fit. True. Yeah, he hit the yeah. gym. Yeah, definitely good. Uh, interesting that he, he, he seduces the nurse with, like, caviar and foie gras. <laughs> um, uh, yet, uh, uh, another older Connery bags four women in this movie, too. Four? Yeah, wow. That's right. He's right. It does have one of my favorite bits I always remember, and I think it's also because my parents liked it, and it's always one of those things like, oh, adults like this part, too, so it's it's legit. <laughs> it's a good part. The bit where uh, he sneaks into the party and fakes the guy out with the Love cigarette it. case. Oh, that's the best scene of the whole movie. It. Yeah. 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 That's and then great. He takes it that, that, to me, is pure Bond. So. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, enjoy, very enjoyable. One little thing I just want to piggyback on, because um, you mentioned the scene with Fatima Blush, and now we kill her with the gadget. I yeah. just realized now, listening to you guys, one of the most satisfying things in a Bond movie is when Bond uses a gadget and his wits to get out of a situation yes. where he needs to somehow get to the gadget or have a gadget or right. whatever, but it's not like just right there and he goes, boop. Yeah. He has yeah. to do something clever to get to the gadget, and that's like to me the most satisfying Bond yeah. moment because you only have those in Bond movies. Yeah. And that that moment's great, yeah. Mm. The dialogue in that scene is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's having him write yeah. all this stuff down, yeah. and he's telling her, well, I actually can't do that. Yeah. I, I, I like all of that. I'm actually going to probably change my ranking on this. Yeah, one. okay. Where, where, I never said never again rank 20, and I'll, I might knock it down to 19. Okay. Uh, it's, it's knock it like, off to 19. Knock it off to 19. I, yeah. I, I like Connery in this a lot. I think he's having a good time. I think his scenes with, with Klaus Maria Brandauer are wonderful. I think the spa sequence is great. I think it's a great fight. Uh, I think Bond is completely outmatched in it. He's very aware of it. Like, he's running away a couple yeah, times. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Found him a bullish blush. I love her. Yep. I think she is phenomenal. She's sexy. She's fun on the negative side. I think Kim Basinger is a waste in this movie. I don't think she's good at all. Uh, the dance sequence is pretty good. Connor really can't dance, and he does pretty well. And, I mean, he's not known as a dancer. Yeah, yeah. He can't dance. And it's not too bad. I think the music is awful. Yeah, I, I, okay. It's, I, the opening sequence is, I think, great. Yeah. I think the fake kind of opening sequence of it, but yeah. the music just destroys it. Yeah. I, I have a real problem with that, but... It's a, it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Connery's back, so that's fun. It was a year that there were two movies that were Bond, right. so that was kind of exciting. So this might go from 20 to 19. Okay. So I, I might change my... I liked what people had to say about okay. it. So. Uh, Your one that you're going to be swapping with, have you revealed what that it one is yet? It would be Quantum of Solace would go to 20. That was 19. Quantum of Solace would go to 20. I'm, I so, can I can get behind that. Yeah. So now we are on to Life the license to, license to kill, and Athena is gonna I start us start off. Start with this bomb. <laughs> uh, well, to me, this is number twenty-three on my list. Oh. I'm, uh, I'm, Bob and I are just visibly. <laughs> I mean, look, I kicked in the nuts here. I mean, the, the, I'll never say it's the best, but <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> I mean, it's just so like. Gruesome at the start. Uh, just the murder and and rape uh, is just a little too much. 
Um, and the revenge that Bond goes on, he just seems out of control. Uh, I do enjoy the tanker chase uh, at the end. I think the televangelist set is cool. I think it's a little too ridiculous for some reason in a movie that seems uh, a lot darker than what we're used to seeing. Um, and I do think Sanchez uh, is good, though. I do okay. think Sanchez is good. All right. Um, I adore this movie. This is probably the one movie that I really like and it's not just because i like it it's because i think it's really good this movie is all about the script the story the story is so good this is one of the bravest and the best stories of the series yes bond goes rogue but at the time this was a really interesting novel way to tell the story and it just it means a lot robert davi really great villain charming chilling he's three-dimensional like like this is a real guy but he's scary and yeah. he's just he fascinating to watch um nice. carrie lowell Plays one of the few Bond girls who actually helps 007 more than hindering him. Um, I love the elaborate action sequences, and I love how they zip from idea to idea to idea. They never get stale. For example, a sequence where we go from Bond on a boat to Bond underwater to Bond finding on a plane. I, I love the evolution of the action. Uh, big Desmond Lou Allen fan. Q gets a lot to do. He never got more than in this movie. He is given a lot to do, and it's so fun. Uh, it's just a joy to watch him take part in several scenes, not just like one or two like usual. Um, we have Felix Leiter, again, finally does something. Um, he's great Felix Leiter. He does Ian Fleming's character justice. Uh, this film makes a terrific double feature with uh, Majesties. If you watch him back-to-back, -back, mm -hmm. you can see the memories of Bond uh, in his, you know, flashing through his eyes when he sees what happens to Felix's uh, wife. And yeah, he's out of control. That's what I love about it. He has a reason to be out of control. This is a movie about Bond chasing his demons and fighting his inner demons. At the end, he kind of lets it go. He visibly exhales and now he's moving on. And so to me, this is a great, it, it's like, look, it's a, it's, a strong, bitter cup of manly black coffee. And it's not for everyone. And it's too strong for others, but I love it. Um, yes, the violence, gore, it's too much. It's too far. Um, not needed in a Bond movie. Um, and it has that flat, boring look of a TV movie. It's just not a very pretty, gorgeous movie. I mean, the movie was cheap. And I think it does as best it can with the limited budget it had. And it puts all of its money in the action sequences. But everything else, it just looks kind of boring and flat. And Bond has never been worse dressed. It's just floppy 80s, gross-looking attire. And it's not a very sexy or romantic film. But I, I, I really like this movie a lot. I put it at number seven. Wow. Um... A lot, of, a lot of people shaking their heads on this table. <laughs> I, I adore Timothy Dalton, uh, and even I didn't rate it that high, although your argument makes me definitely want to go, Jesus, what is wrong with me? I should be writing this high. Yeah, man. I'm about seven, but at least I put up like ten. Uh, I have it at 14. Okay. Um, attempt at a dark, edgy bond, which I feel succeeds more than fails. Yeah. Dalton turns in a fine performance. He definitely holds the film together. Uh, this is, They were definitely playing to his strength yeah. uh, here. Uh, I too love Sanchez as a villain. Um, I think Dobby plays him very well. I like uh, his uh, lizard. The lizard. Yeah, the iguana yeah. that he kisses. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. So he's great. like he's like kind of a kind of like Quantum of Solace, but better in that he's more of a real world villain, but yeah. but still with enough Bondian and flair. You're scared of him. He's yeah. scary. You and would not want to go toe to toe with he's him. He's a formidable physical threat to yeah. Bond, uh, as we find out at the end of the movie. Uh, granted, a lot of criticisms about this is that it feels sort of like a Miami Vice episode. <laughs> um, I would also argue Bond's tactics in this are very Mission Impossible. He's turning yeah. the bad guys, yes. other guys against him. Yeah, He's that's what's so clever. The loyalty thing against him and, and infiltrating his whole organization. That's much more Rollin Hand, Jim Phelps, than it is James Bond. But it works here because he's rogue yes. and he's got to use alternate methods to take this guy down. 
Uh, so I think that's really interesting. I like the Bond women, although I admit the secondary Bond girl, the, uh, what's her name? Talisa um, Soto? Yeah, Talisa Soto. A little bit of a wooden <laughs> actress. A little? <laughs> oh. um, yeah, the kind. Bond girls are forgettable in kind. this movie to me. I'm like, whatever. Um, we do have David Hedison back as Felix Leiter, who I always love to see. I loved him in Live and Let Die. He's great here. Um, and it's nice to see the Live and Let Die uh, maiming of Felix Leiter finally dramatized from the book. From the book, sorry, yep. from the book. Yeah, this is there's a lot of stuff from Ian Fleming in yeah, this one. A lot of Fleming stuff brought back again, thanks to Dalton because he was pushing mm -hmm. for that. Uh, Tanker Chase is very impressive. Uh, a little ridiculous with the pop of the wheelie. Yeah, but yeah. overall pretty good. The Michael Common score sounds a bit like Die Hard to me. I'm yeah. not a huge fan. I like the fact he brought back guitar strings with the Bond theme. Yeah, uh, the title theme is also it's very typical '80s pop. It's not really doesn't. It reeks of 1989, doesn't it? Total 1989. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I uh, forgive some of the silliness in that Tanker Chase. It's like so like late '80s. Yeah, sure, it is. Sure. It is very much of its time. I'm not a huge fan of Wayne Newton, by the way. In this, um, it does it does feel cheap for a Bond movie. It does yeah. feel borderline TV movie, borderline TV episodes. We've just been saying, which does hurt it. Uh, I could deal with the violence, but I understand by Bond standards that they didn't need to go there. And I remember it was a big deal when it came out. Yeah. Like the PG-13 rating it got. I remember that was a huge, huge thing. I don't know. I, I generally like it, but I see why, I understand why so many don't. If that makes any sense. Because I know it's it's a very atypical Bond. I think you should uh, move it up a couple couple spots. I'm very tempted to, but I want to hear what you guys right. say. Uh, well, I ranked it 18. Uh, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not as much a fan of this movie. I I actually have a real problem that it looks cheap. I think the movie looks really cheap. It does. And it was cheap. Everything about the movie just doesn't connect with me for whatever reason. I hate the bar sequence. Oh, I sure. think the bar... Bond orders a Bud Light, which is disgusting. Yeah. I, I just... He's, be he's better than that. He's better than that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I love actually Key West. I think Key West is a, is a nice location. I think there's some fun stuff in it. Uh, the, the moment where he fires the uh, spear gun yeah. in the plane and the Bond theme yeah. starts and he's oh skiing God, behind it. so good. That is a phenomenal yeah. sequence. Yes. I, the underwater Amazing. stuff before that I don't think is all that great, but he's really suffering at that point. They're killing him. Yeah. He gets it up there. I I love that moment. And there's a moment where you can tell it's Timothy Dalton. Yeah. And it's that's that is, for me, the best sequence in the movie. I, the ticker truck actually goes a little long for me, personally, but there's great explosions in it, which is phenomenal. He's great. You never get the feeling that Dalton's having a good time, and maybe that's okay. Because... I call him Mr. Krabby Pants. Yeah, well, well yeah, he's, he's, he's an angry guy, and you kind of want him to smile every once in a while, and he doesn't. Uh, it's just a, it's a tough movie for me. I, I, have a, I have a hard time with it. it. There's a little personal here. I saw it when I was a kid. It's a very violent movie for a kid to see, I think. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there are heads blowing up here. <laughs> People are getting legs getting eaten ripped by off. sharks. Yeah, a lot of it just doesn't feel like Bond. That, that's, yeah. yeah. But yeah. but to me, that's what makes it great. I mean, this was the 16th yeah. movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. man, you got to change it up a little bit. Uh, well, I think I, it's. I think I, it, I, I appreciate the effort. Yeah, I will say that I absolutely appreciate the effort. But it got it got muddled with everything that year. So yeah, um, okay, John. Probably for other reasons. <laughs> Number twenty-five. Oh, Jesus! I feel bad about that because actually, when I'm in the mood for Dalton, I'll mm -hmm. usually put in License to Kill instead of sure. Living Days. I don't dislike it. 
Um, I'll tell you what I do like. I think Robert Davi is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the complexity of the story that he infiltrates and he turns his own people against yeah. him. It feels sort of like the book man with the golden gun. Yeah. It's this real oh, kind yeah. of dual I didn't think about these that. two men mm-hmm. who are intimate. Yeah. It's very I think it's very much taken from that. Okay. And I actually like the underwater scene also where he uh, go behind it. It's one of the, the only underwater starts. scenes that I actually think is kind of exciting. But it's the overall cheapness of the movie. Mm-hmm. It is just cheaply made. It is C-level actors. <laughs> I don't like the revenge plot. I don't like the gore. I don't like him. It's not a Bond movie to me. It doesn't transport me to the special place of James Bond in any way. Now I mm. view it as a curiosity, and it's sort of, this was an interesting thing that they did, maybe a little too early, because now we have tough, violent Bond movies. Right. At the time, though, it's the only Bond movie I walked out of just thinking... Mm. It wasn't even a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. I'm crushed. I tried not to let that go, and I did this just by the rankings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, you know, uh, it's barely a Bond movie to me. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I enjoy it more, though, as a curiosity. But um, as, as a it's, historical it's, curiosity. It's, yeah, it, it kind of stands there. I, my I love that favorite, you said that. My least favorite, quote-unquote, James curiosity. Bond Curiosity. Uh, as much as I disagree with him, I do respect the point of view. I've heard variants of this argument this, throughout the years. This so. movie is, is I think, more than any other Bond movie, is probably the one that is that has the biggest split. It leaves it either leaves you cold and, or it leaves you, like, thrilled and excited. Mm-hmm. And and like I predicted, it, it's kind of how we are over here. Over time, yeah. though, now that we have Craig, there are people, Bond fans, that have found it to be I think I, I, oh, yeah. I think it, it's well, going to... Now it yeah. feels like a Bond movie. It feels like a proto-Craig movie. It is yeah. a proto-Craig movie. It exactly. Was, oh, it absolutely it, it, it did, yeah, so it's interesting. I think it was ahead of its time. Um, yeah. I think it did a too lot... Of, too, too far too ahead of its time. It might have been too much. Yeah, I think it was too much, too quick. I think if the movie if the movie had more, had maybe $10 million more in the budget and they toned down the violence, I think everyone would have a completely different view of it. Or I just wonder, it's it's a heartbreak because the idea was to take Dalton, and Dalton is into it. He wants to go in this direction. So we got an actor who's into it. Let's go in this direction, and let's use the same crew from A View to a Kill. Right. And the same director, right. and they don't know how to make one of these movies. You needed someone mm. new. You needed a different right. cinematographer for okay. crying out loud. Okay. You needed to completely right. change everyone Your whole crew. behind the scenes and yeah. make a different that movie. Was of, that was getting old. That was getting old. Yeah, because it's it's sure. it's it's strangely poorly made. And I don't know if that's oh, part I of the agree. cheapness, as if it was rushed. But there's a lot of bad master shots that show up the bad acting, mm. and it's just okay. it's mysteriously poorly made. Maybe a. a and, and to be fair, helped. the film was in a bad position in every sense. There yeah. was no money for marketing. It got stuck in the in the middle of summer with a lot of big movies around it. It got and nobody saw it. Yeah, so very, yeah. you know, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. I, I, it's a, just a little bit of a different thing about the film. But it, you know, it but, got, but it but absolutely I embrace got it as my my Timothy Dalton movie. I mean, okay. I enjoy both the Dalton movies a lot. But any, yeah. any uh, thoughts on Benicio del Toro's early turn? Oh, fantastic! Yeah, he's scary. Actually, he's freaky. One of the, one of the yeah. yeah, was yeah, a good awesome. side. Nothing yeah, part too, and yet yeah. he sort of he makes it. And you love he dies. Yeah, yeah. You want him to die. He dies horribly. Yeah. Well, in Dalton, like he's near death at that point. That's a good sequence. Sanchez and everybody kicking him as he's going. I, I, that I, actually is a really good scene. I like that. I like that, that. Yeah. scene. Says so anyone uh, to break this tie? Does anyone want to change their opinion of this ranking in I any could, way? I could, you know, I, I mean, I would watch License to Kill before World Was Not Enough any day. I feel like I should bump up License to Kill. I'm happy to bump okay. up License to Kill. Okay, I'm happy to, to bump up at least one for right now. Yeah. Let's move on to, I believe we're at number 16. 
We again, we have a tie. Wow! <laughs> a lot of All ties. these middle ones. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, but when I was doing this, the middle ones were so hard to do. Yeah, yeah. They were they really were tough. To okay. The so, top and the bottom were, were sixteen and so fifteen. Sixteen and fifteen. And he strikes like thunder. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm huh. down. Huh. I see it in your eyes. Tomorrow never dies. Oh. Yeah. That's yes. Yeah. So fifteen and sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Fifteen, so, sixteen. So huh. start with thunderball. Thunderball. Oh. All right. Thunderball. As I might have alluded to earlier, was never seen ever again. I don't hate it. I believe I put it as number nineteen. Um, wow. here, here's the pluses at it. It's it, I, I think this movie gets it gets a lot of um, a free pass with a lot of fans. I don't think it deserves because it has it's the original crew and cast in their glory. People like are a little bit too dismissive of its flaws, and I think it's definitely a flawed movie. On the pluses, it's beautifully shot. The underwater work is stunning looking. Uh, the score is wonderfully saucy and over the top. Uh, Fiona Volpe is a wonderful, super sexy femme fatale, which I believe is the series first femme fatale. And I like how 007 wins by being sneaky versus mowing down enemies with a machine gun like he does in later films. Like, for example, the scene where he fires in different directions and makes his pursuers fire yeah. each other as he escapes. Versus in, like, later movies, he just grab a machine gun just mow people down. Yeah. And I like that kind of classic feel. Um, the classic Spectre meeting with the electrocuting chair. That is the Spectre that was missing out of Spectre. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like, that is Spectre. Um, negative. Thin story stretched to the limit with the bloated runtime and slow motion underwater sequences gone forever. There's way too many unnecessary and unmemorable characters. Seriously, if you look back and you really think about all the speaking parts in this movie, there are way too many parts. Way too many characters that have nothing to do, not developed. Um, this The climactic boat fight is just silly looking with this buggy back projection and the way undercranked footage. It just looks ridiculous and it, it, it's the last scene of the movie and it just takes it out for me. Uh, but yeah, number 19 for me for Thunderball, which is right on, which is one spot below where I put Never Seen Ever Again. Thunderball is number 13 for me. Okay. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm a little kinder to it because of its status and because it was an early Bond film for me. Um, this is one of the ones where, again, I was a Roger Moore kid, so my dad, seeing that I was going to the Roger Moore camp, very quickly made sure I watched Goldfinger and Thunderball very fast. Okay. And um, What, to try to change your opinion? And Goldfinger <laughs> succeeded. Thunderball just kind of was, okay, yeah, that one too. It yeah. wasn't like, yeah, because even as a kid, it felt kind of long and bloated. Uh, and that's its biggest problem. It just feels kind of long and bloated. Yeah. But one of the best John Barry scores. Uh, Connery's still in pretty good form here. He's yeah. starting to get a little comfortable. In the part, you know, he doesn't have the edge of the first three. Well, movies. he's not given as much to do. This is the first one where he's really just kind of there, yeah. pressing buttons and gadgets. And um, love the title tune by Tom Jones. I have a personal affinity for the Bond women in this one, both Luciana Paluzzi as uh, Fiona Volpe and uh, Domino, um, uh, Claudine Auger. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I agree. Oh my They're God. both Swoon great for me. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, the Felix here, not so good. Nope. A little lightweight there. Uh, underwater stuff, as you say, it all looks great. It's just too long and, and dull for me. Love the opening with the jetpack. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Love the opening with jetpack. Love, love the love the assassin as a woman and he trips him. And I, I've always liked that part. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, good stuff. Uh, and completely 100% agreed about the Spectre scene. That is the Spectre I remember. Yes. That is the Spectre I want. Yep. That is my favorite Blofeld. That is a Blofeld that I don't want to mess with. Yep. And yeah, that's oh, fantastic. If only we could have like just, I just want, I never want to see him. I just want to see him always behind a screen with a cool yeah. voice and a cat. Which but. by the way, thinking about it now, it's a shame that Spectre didn't have a similar lead up. Mm -hmm. You know, when you finally see Christoph Waltz, you see him like he's in the shadows for like a couple minutes and then you see him right away. Yeah. It's a shame that he wasn't set up. 
Yeah. You know, and, and that was a cool thing about, uh, we'll get to it soon, I'm guessing, but you only live twice. When you finally see his face, it's like, whoa, mm. you know, yeah. and, but, but you needed these, I can't remember how many movies, two or three movies before that, where you don't see his face yeah. to have that have an impact. Yeah. It is enjoyable overall. I mean, it's, it's got that great classic 60s flavor and, and it is a cool idea to go big scope and say, oh, all the double O's are called in for this big deal and the big extortion yeah, and all that. Yeah, I love that scene. <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty cool. That is so cool. I'm sure they'll add more, but yeah. Yeah, that's good. Ryan. I like this movie a lot. Uh, I ranked it nine. I think it's big, it's brassy, it's fun. I, I think Connery is terrific in it. I think he's having a good time. The card scene with him and Largo, hmm. I love that scene. <laughs> I think that scene is great. They both kind of know who they are. I like moments where... Where people, where they're they're around other people, they really can't say what they need to say to each other. But I, I, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a nice sequence. That's a good scene. Yeah, it's a good point. I think outside of the underwater sequences, the editing is great. I think the editing yeah. is good in this. Yeah, the music is phenomenal. I think Largo is great. I think he is awesome. Uh, I find him menacing. There's a moment where the guy gets electrocuted in the big meeting and he crosses out his name. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, great. I love it. I, forgot I, think, about that's, that. I think that's great. Yep. I think the sets are gorgeous. Uh, you know, he makes love to a woman under the water. That's great. Uh, I, I, you know, the movie's, the movie's long, but when he's on, when he's on ground, I have no problem with it. I think, huh. it, I think it goes really well. I, uh, Fiona Volpe is probably in my top two, three. She's I great. think she's sexy. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, when he sleeps with her, I think that's great. The chemistry between the two, between all the women, I think, is is really nice. I like that Domino is a damaged character. I don't like that in other Bond films. I like it in this one. I like the kind of revenge about it. I've never understood why there's a stretching machine that can murder someone. <laughs> I have never understood why do you have a 10? That makes no sense. I do. I do uh, think that is very So I, amusing, I do have an issue with that. The underwater sequences are lethargic for the most part. But you know what? At the time, that was pretty cutting-edge stuff. Sure. So I'll give it that. The dubbing is terrible in this film. Hmm. There's, there's people saying things and that are dubbed differently that I have a real problem with. You know, when, when the woman rescues him from the stretching machine, he basically convinces her to right. have sex with him yeah. to not lose her job. Yeah. I have a real problem yeah. with that. Uh, I, it's a product of the time, but that is that is misogynistic at its worst. Yeah. And it's I, I think it's gross, actually. I, I really, I know that was a horrible thing to say, and I'll say this, but I, I just, I love, I love Connery in this. I love Connery in this. There's just great. He takes a spear gun and he kills the bad guy. You got the point. I think it's really well written too. I think it's a, a tight, good script. So I, I like it. Man, all right. I disagree yeah. with the tight part of it. Uh, you know, I don't. I, it, you know, it's it, it's too long. But there's about yeah. three characters you could have cut out of that movie. Uh, you Nothing would have okay. changed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's 15. Um, I don't think it's a good movie beginning to end i don't think it holds together at all as an enjoyable narrative but i enjoy it because it is just such a piece of it reflects bondomania at the time oh, yeah. it's like i don't enjoy the movie but i enjoy every single individual scene you know if you just drop into any scene you'll just say this is great because it is yeah. prime it is the girls in the prime it is the 60s Everything is echoing a madness for James Bond. Yeah. It's practically just this lengthy celebration of Bond <laughs> and Fleming and Connery yeah, okay. and, and bursting out sexuality. So oh, it's awesome in its, it's parts. Not good as a whole. 
but interesting. an enjoyable, you know, middle like, ground. I like it. And, and, and you know, a good point about the Fleming, yeah. because this is actually probably the closest Dr. of Dr. the Fleming. Dr. No is pretty close, too, but this is really close. I, I remember because I, I watched all the movies, and then I, you know, that year where I discovered yeah. James Bond, and then I read all the books, and this was like, oh, this is pretty much dead on. Like, yeah. I knew what was going to happen. That's why yeah. he lost the lawsuit. Yeah. It's what they were discussing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Athena. Thunderball, number 25. Oh! <laughs> now you know how it feels, Ryan. How's it feel? This movie, boring. Nuclear weapons, boring. Playboy billionaire, boring. Yawn, <laughs> underwater scenes, boring. Like, sure, they were cool at the time, but they don't hold up. And shouldn't they hold up? Like, and they were injuring real sharks in real life. Yeah. Oh, like that's that. a good point. They, you can yeah. see these sharks get just mutilated for. The, it, for entertainment yeah, it's pretty uncomfortable to that's watch that's really not cool um, yeah. does the jetpack is absolutely an awesome gadget um, I love the Spectre boardroom I love Ken Adams design so yeah. um, that sequence is great I do think there is great chemistry between Bond and all the Bond girls um, yeah. and I like all their bikinis yeah, a lot of biki- yeah. lot of bikinis. In this one. They don't get dumber when they're wearing. Yeah, it. amazingly <laughs> enough. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Wait, how is this rated lower than Quantum of Suck Ass? <laughs> it's because I'm it's bored. So boring. I'm just, okay. Everything is okay. boring. Yeah, just the, the greatest sin. The greatest sin. The greatest sin for you, Athena, is that it's boring. Yes, right? Yeah. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah, all right. Cool. Bob, you're gonna start us with the tie. <laughs> so between sixteen and fifteen, tie with Thunderball, which would be Tomorrow Never Dies. I rated this number nineteen. Uh, okay. I remember at the time thinking relief that it wasn't Goldeneye. Um, <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! I already knew that going in just because of this guy. Yeah. And this yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Um, Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, it hasn't worn as well over time with me. Um, it's another variant of the uh, Let's Start World War Three. You Only Live Twice plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's definitely a movie that it moves and moves and moves, but please, God, don't stop and think about the story because there's a lot of stuff that doesn't really hang together. Really? Uh, I mean, it, you know, as I say, it's 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 entertaining for watch it once, don't think about it. No, I think it totally I makes sense. I actually kind of agree that the plot is weak. Is that kind of where... Basically. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay. It's, it's more about the pace and action sequences than it is about like a real story. Uh, Jonathan Price, a little over hammy as Elliot Carver, but he was generally, I thought, a good idea for casting. I think this is another uh, another entry into the uh, bland uh, and ineffectual henchman for Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Um, he, again, Stamper. A guy who's, Stamper. He's, he's built up and then wasted. It doesn't really do anything. Um, I didn't feel there was any chemistry with Brosnan or Michelle Yeoh, yeah. although she's there mainly to be a kick-ass lady, which he does fine. Um, I like the opening with the mini mission with the, the bomb and the plane yes. and all that. That was generally pretty well handled. Uh, I like Bond having to go, quote, rogue, but for a very good reason to greater good. So-so mm, title tune, but let's face it, the real title tune by Katie Lang was awesome. Just oh, wish, yeah, at just, the end. Just, just wish sure. they had put yeah. it in where it needed to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite of the David Arnold scores. It perfectly melds '90s and '60s mentality, especially and coming after coming Eric after Goldeneye. Yeah. Jeez, oh, breath of fresh air! And like, thank God, Bond theme, please. Um, with brass, with brass, yeah, oh, tons of great brass. Uh, I felt the final action sequence on the stealth boat was kind of uninspired. It just seemed like a yeah. shoot 'em up, like whatever. We gotta end this thing. Here we go. Um, love the vault break in breakout sequences. I thought the motorcycle yeah. chase was generally pretty fun. Basically, surface elements are entertaining. Just don't look that much deeper. Oh, and I like the the uh, the new BMW car uh, yeah. sequence. Yeah, uh, cool. Well. Ryan, 
I think this movie's fun. I ranked it 13. Wow. Uh, I think it's incredibly rewatchable. Yeah. It's kind of a short film. I don't think it's that yeah, long. Yeah, it doesn't right? feel it's very, very short. long. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I think all of the action scenes in the film are good. Uh, Brosnan is... It, he feels just a little more relaxed in this. Oh, yeah. You know, I love him in GoldenEye, but there, there are moments where he's still kind of gaining his footing a little bit. Bond theme is throughout. It's, it's, it's this, as you said, the score I think is great. I think the opening is really strong. Uh, we kind of don't know it's him, and I don't mind the interaction with, with them telling him what he's got to do and where he's got to go, and then he goes against them. I think that's kind of a fun area. Mm. Uh, the script's a little muddled and all over the place, I think. Paris Carver is one of those characters that you just imagine if they had worked on her just a little bit longer in the script, you would have felt the connection a little better. Yeah. I didn't mind that they were ex-lovers. I thought that was kind of kind of fun, but uh, she's just kind of not really used as well as yeah. I would have liked. I, you said exactly what I said. The opening theme song, I like her as a singer. Uh, Cheryl Crow? Cheryl Crow. I yeah. think she's perfectly fine, but the, 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 the end sequence is far, far better. Yeah. Um, I like her lyrics, though. I like the lyrics of that song. The lyrics are yeah. good. Yeah. And they're really I, I, I tiny. Actually really it's like not Cheryl a horrible Crow. song. I no, it's just, it. it's just, and I kind of, it, it's got diamonds everywhere, which is kind of odd because that has nothing to do with the, the movie. I feel but. like the song was written like, by Paris Carver, or yeah, yeah like right. it feels yeah. like a song sure. that she's singing, and I don't know, I find that very interesting. Yeah, the ending, although Michelle Yeoh is integral in the ending, it really is sort of one man against an army. Mm -hmm. I've yeah. never been a real fan. The machine of that gun thing kinda, I was telling you about, it, yeah, I don't like it's, that. It's, it's yeah. kind of fun. It's a little diehard esque kind of thing, but that's why I love the ending of The Spy Who Loved Me because it's everybody fighting. So it's a big army against another yep. big army, which versus is very different. Bond this was Bond army. just doing everything. Yep. I kind of like that he meets M in a car, and there he's getting his yeah. mission that way. That's different. Gets him out of the office, yeah. which I think is good. Yep. So I wouldn't change thirteen. I you take a lot for me to, to move this one because this is a fun movie for me. All right, John. Uh, twenty-two. Oh, Ooh, pretty wow. well for me. I've never loved it. Um, although I think Brosnan looks really good in this movie. Um, and I like all the Hamburg action. I think the, it's my favorite Bond car, actually. I love really? the car, and I love More that, than that. the Aston Martin DB5. Yeah. More than the Underwater yeah. Lotus. Wow. Yeah, well, words. Underwater Lotus is pretty good. Yes, it is, and here's why. Because I think it, it makes sense. It's finally a car that makes sense. He goes uh, to Germany, okay. so he's given a BMW right, a, a, sedan. A car that no a, one would notice. A car that a banker would drive. But okay. it has all this stuff built right. into it. I okay. think it kind of works. Um, so I enjoy all that, but mostly I just feel like the movie, once they leave, once they arrive in Vietnam, it just becomes flat and dull, and, yep. and I find it a slog to the mm. end, and I find yeah. the end completely yeah. unsatisfying. I hate Bond just going in there and blowing up machine guns. There is no chemistry between them. I just, it, it, I just die to it, and I've never warmed to it. Um, I keep rewatching it because people tell me, you know, of all the Brosnan movies, it is the most classic in that there's a classic villain and a simple plot, and that is yeah. true. Yeah. It is classic. Jonathan Price though breaks my heart because I think he's great, and I thought he was great casting. He's terrible. It's like he's never seen a James Bond movie. He's doing a Batman villain. <laughs> so I'm not a huge fan. Stuff I like, but by and large, I find okay. it a hard one. All Can right. I just make one comment? Because I don't yes. want to forget it. When he's in the car sequence, there's something that happens. He's on the phone and everything. And he, uh, I think it's when the tires get 
reinflated, and he he kind of smiles and yeah, laughs. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's Brosnan smiling and laughing. Yeah, and yeah. It's Bond doing it at the same time. I love that. Well, yeah. I yes. absolutely love that. Back on the car thing. Why it is my favorite car? It's the sequence where it's just sitting by itself in the story, and the bad guys come up to yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they can't, and That's it, great. And, and they yeah. try and break the window, and it shocks them. The car can defend itself. Yeah. The car is I a character. Yeah. Car, yeah. I thought that great. was. Unlike that terrific. lame Aston Martin DB5 in uh, Skyfall, which just sat there and got blown up. <laughs> Such a terrible car. Well, the Lotus oh. and Free Rides. Oh, well, he did kill a couple people. Didn't he? It's kind of. Yeah, yeah. I just mean it could not defend itself, unlike the speed of So you got a point there. That's true. So. Oddly enough, Tomorrow Never Dies is 10 on my list, but, I, but it shouldn't be. I really put it lower when I'm looking at what I personally enjoy, but it ended up as 10 because I feel like you could show this to anybody who's even not a Bond fan and they will yeah. enjoy it, yep. and so Work it got put higher because of that. Um, I But be, also because of that, it feels like a generic action movie. Uh, I can replace Bond with another actor he can be another action hero and it still works and mm. that is a big mm. problem that i have it's with a good the movie. point this could have been a diehard movie and you sure. wouldn't have to change much yeah so but uh bond wise you know great motorcycle chase sequence um it was just very creative to have them both handcuffed uh together yeah. on that i think the parking structure chase sequence as well with the car is great and you see those moments where uh you have Bond, uh, Brosnan, just being really excited to, to be in the role in the entire movie. There's just, there's this light in yeah. him in this movie mm -hmm. yeah. um, that's really great. Um, like infectious. It's like the opposite yeah. of Krabby Pants Dalton <laughs> right. Movie, right? Right. He's, He's along for a while. He's having a great time. So you're having a great time. Exactly. Okay. Um, I like the fact that we have an ex of, of Bonds come into the story. I do wish there was maybe a little more yeah. built upon on that. Uh, yeah. Kaufman is freaking creepy. Oh, uh, yeah. Kaufman. Really yeah. That's a, a, a fun. Yeah. 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 It's got some good elements that I think make it something you can show to anybody. But hmm. um, I like that. It yeah. should be lower on my list, and it may maybe bump down. Bump down. Closer, closer to one, you mean? Or oh no, I mean it's gonna go go down. Twenty two on the list. Twenty <laughs> <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah. So um, piggybacking what you're saying, I mean, yeah, I mean, I had never seen a Bond movie before. I had never heard of James Bond. I didn't know anything about it. In the first twenty minutes, you get everything you need to know about Bond. He drives an Aston Martin. He he bangs hot chicks. He he blows up shit. He you know he's clever. He's witty. He works for M. And you know it's it just can be a good intro to yeah, Bond. Yeah, you can totally introduce people to bond with this movie uh but but i, I ranked it number 17 oh. which is which is tough if i was just going on what's my favorite it probably would be closer to 10 um just because it was my first movie and i have a lot of you know nostalgia for it <laughs> um however i had to put it at number 17 um to me the, the movie's all about the action sequences the action sequences are so well shot so well edited and there's so many of them and they're so clever uh the car chase and the car part with bond in the back seat it's just brilliant um super fun pre-tile sequence um it's a real nail biter, and the um, I like the drama with Pierce Carver. Uh, the villain scheme, I think the script is pretty good. I think this the villain scheme is very clear, very easy to understand, very bold. It's it's what it, play yeah. people so he can have he can he can have exclusive broadcast rights. It's just so weak. Done. Oh it, really? I, I, it seems weak. It's like really that's that's all that's all you want. 
Like, well, you're a Bond villain. Do something a little I, crazy. I don't, I don't know. It just feels... But, like, Rupert Murdoch, like, on steroids, that's who he is, and it, it works for me. I, I mean, to me, to me, I just, I guess I like the simplicity of his plan. Unlike, let's say, Living Daylights, where you need, like, a, a calculator and, like, a slide ruler to understand what the hell they're doing. Yeah. This is huge stakes. It's yeah. very simple. Simple, Boom, classic, bold, bond, great. Bond um, uh, the finale in the stealth boat. Too long, too dark. It's kind of violent. Mm. Strangely kind violent of. and dark. I don't like yeah. that. And just the whole movie is just deafening gunfire. Yeah. Just deafening. Never stops. Loud. Boom, 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 boom. So yeah, number 17 for me. Brosnan's super sexy. Well, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> no, no, you know what? He, I, he's he's sexier in this than he is in Goldeneye. Yeah. Like, probably yeah, speak. Well, he bulked up a he bit. Did bulk yeah. up. Yeah, he looks he got He got criticized he looks in Goldeneye great. for not yeah. being oh, bulky. Really? He was. So, um, Athena, do you want to break this tie at this point, or do you want to wait maybe till the end? Well, I, I gosh, might break the tie, actually. You know, yeah? I, I, have, I, have I really struggled having it so high on my list. Uh, am I? It's got to go down. It's got to go down somewhere. Okay. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan what are you thinking? I, I, I might push it to 16, from 13 to 16, and uh, I don't necessarily... The, the, the other movie hasn't been talked about yet. Okay, so, we'll talk yeah, about it later Yeah, that's my problem. I don't know I where, to, where to Tomorrow Never Dies is going to go. Have, people have to say about another one. All right, um, let's move on to number 14. That's not a view you This one's not a tie. Yeah. Jeez. Hey, the last finally. three have been yeah. ties. Okay. But it is number 14, an all-time high of Octopussy. Yeah, all right. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. I've got things to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ryan. Okay. What uh, I ranked it 17. Okay. Which... Seems low? Seems... Yeah, I, I, I like Octopussy. Uh, what, what, what did I like about it? I love Kamal Khan. I think Kamal Khan is wonderful in this film. I think it's, I think it's a fun villain. I think it's a villain that's having a good time in it. Uh, he just, just Octopussy. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, I think the cinematography is actually really good in this movie. Uh, Maud Adams, I... I I just really like Bond Adams. I'm glad they brought her back. Opening sequences is, is funny. Oh, so it's, great! It's absolutely awesome. One of the phenomenal. Best. Um, I, VJ, I think is great. I yeah. think VJ is a really fun character. Q's in more of this than a lot of the other Bond films, yep. and I, 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 I think I appreciate that. The the sequence of the mo uh, that's based on the most dangerous game, where he goes out and they go hunting for him. The short story, of the most dangerous game. I think that's I think that's actually pretty well written. So I think that's good. I, I hate the Faberge egg stuff. I think I who's got it. I know. I, I yeah. I just I, it's all over the place. Do they actually destroy the real one or not? Yeah, um, it's kind of like how I feel about diamonds are um, forever. It's like the fake and the real, and it's way too complicated. It's not really yeah. needed. Yeah, there's a lot of silliness. I I I go back and forth on the clown outfit thing. I don't. I, 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 some people really are bothered by it. I'm a little either way. He had to get where he's going, so I understand that. Uh, the Tarzan stuff, the gorilla suit, I don't like any of that. I think that's all kind of ridiculous and silly. The fight on the top of the train is is fun. The problem with this movie, this movie's a little long. And, you know, as someone said to me once, that it has more climaxes than a porno. <laughs> it just, it just, it, it, it ends and then it ends and then it ends. And I, I, I the, the, this, the sequence on the, on the, on the plane is actually pretty cool. The um, fact that they filmed it for real is yeah, really exciting for me. Yeah, is, uh, you have a hard time believing that Roger probably could have held on to that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm okay with that. 
Honestly, my 17, I, I, I have issues with Octopussy. I think this should have been Roger's last. I think it's a, I think it's a really strong performance by him. Mm-hmm. So my ranking, honestly, just from reading what I've done, will probably get closer to one. I, I like, I like might, Octopussy. You might there. bump it up a couple. I might bump it up a All couple. Right. I, I, just from talking to myself, I'm All already, right. <laughs> I'm already. You've convinced I, yourself. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I'm not quite sure why it's here. I, it, it's a fun movie. It's a really fun movie. I, I, I don't like the theme song all that much. But, yeah, it's a little weak. Uh, but the, but the score's the score's not bad. John, well, uh, number five. Wow, five. I the love fifth best number five. Damn. And, and I did this by elements, and what I all found right. was I think the elements of this movie are great. I think Roger is great. I yeah. think the locations are great. I okay. think the pre-title sequence is one of the best. Also, I think the story and sweep of Octopussy is fantastic. I think it's one of the best told Bond stories. It's an epic. It starts with with a great mystery, which is unique for a Bond movie, and I think perfect. 009, dressed as a clown, is killed in Berlin with an egg in his hand. Yeah. Find out what happened, Bond. Yeah, all right. To the end of this big, long movie, this great journey... Bond is now dressed as a clown, also being pursued, and it's Hitchcockian in that way. I think it's fabulous. I think the movie embodies old Roger, old England, India, goes in. There are goofy moments, which I don't like, the Tarzan yell, but you go through so many different layers of suspense, and by the time you get to the end, when he's racing to stop that Bond, it's genuinely tense. The car chase at the end there is genuinely fast-paced and fantastic. And I just think the movie continues to work, work, work on a bunch of different levels. And it achieves this interesting late Roger Moore tone of sort of big scale Bond, camp and burlesque. And a little bit of Fleming. But very Fleming. You could imagine Fleming wanting to write a book about, you know, a bunch of circus girls who yeah. are going at the end. Yeah. It seems to embody everything that is old school, solid, good James Bond. And also, it's just a darn involving movie. I can remember seeing this in theaters and people were into this movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe it was the time. Now, I don't think it's aged as, as, as well, maybe just because now you look at Roger being a little bit older, but at the time it was just like, it just nailed it. And, yeah. I, and I, it still nails it for me. So Octopussy to me is... Easily number five. The, wow. The fight sequence with the with with all the women at the the, the that's kind of erotic. I think it's I think it's, it's crazy. I think yeah. it's a sexy scene. Yeah, that's I what really it's supposed do. to do. I yeah. I think it does it well too. Sorry. The train that. stuff I think is fantastic. I mean yeah. I think it's beautifully shot, edited, everything about it. I think it's really really effective. Yeah. One of my favorite Bond train sequences. There. Cool. Athena, where do you put Octopussy? Okay, so I don't know. I think John may have convinced me. I need to move it up. <laughs> I think I might have been convinced too, honestly. Uh, but uh, yeah, at the moment, it uh, it, I have it as number 20. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it hurts a little bit. <laughs> I do think Maude Adams is absolutely fantastic, and I think that they did a good job to uh, cast her in another movie since she was in Man with the Golden Gun. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of spy stuff and mystery in this. Uh, a lot of good spy stuffs. Um, it is very fantastical. And that's a positive. So yeah, I'm wondering why it's number twenty. Uh, <laughs> the the taxi chase, the uh, train fight on top of the train, 
I like that. The locations are really good. Yeah, why did I put this low? The, the circus stuff. <laughs> Gambling scene with Kamal. You know, you know what? Part of this oh, is Oh, that is fabulous. a good sequence. You, you know what? Bang, bang, bang. Classic I think, elements and they nail it. I think what would be happening here is I think Octopussy for a long time was considered to be a bad James Bond movie. But maybe when you stop and think about it, it's actually not bad. When he's in the <laughs> cart and they're, and they're chasing him in the cart, I think that's all. Yeah. Cool. yeah. That is right. They're going fast. and He has his little tennis moment while which I think is awesome because he was a professional tennis player. Cool. And also it's, what it does and that I like about that is that it knows when to be silly. It's, you know, the first action scene of the movie, let's have some fun, let's have some, you know, James Bondian moments. In the end, when the stakes are high, there's no jokes. Uh -uh. It is a fast, tough car, uh. car chase. They get the, the, the kind tone of... The, they, is, they play the okay. tone, and then in the end, they come back to big fun with the girls, and right. then we're back to danger hmm. on the plane. Right, it interesting. It has a lot of fun. I'm moving it up. Yeah, I'm going to give it up, too. Um, yeah, because I realized my sorry. only no. bad arguments uh, are just this silly clown business. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the egg, I'm like, whatever, the it, egg. You know, when he's wearing the clown, though, he is he is legitimately angry, and he's legitimately wanting to Terrified. stop this. Terrified. Like, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's scared for everybody there. There are kids, there are families. He really wants to. I mean, obviously, and no one takes him seriously because he's dressed as a clown, and it hmm. adds to the uh, tension of it all. It's like, oh my and, god, and Maude Adams Bond, an octopus, he takes that moment to get the gun yes. to save the day. Yeah. You know, yeah. She, but she changes sides at that point. Yeah, well, I, put it I, in. Sorry, have, sorry, no, I really. That's what I'm realizing. I'm like, I don't have much bad to say, so let's move on. So <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, you know what? I think I, I had this ready at number fifteen, but I think I'm probably going to move it up a spot. Um, uh, pluses, Maude Adams. Maybe my favorite Bond girl. She's yeah. so great. Maybe the only, one of the very few of the actresses put with Roger where there's genuine chemistry between the two. And I think a lot of it has to do with her age. Like, she's she's probably one of the more mature Roger Moore Bond girls, and it's all the better for it. Um, breathless action sequences. Man, these action sequences rock. They are, I, I, I think the end, I, I think I like how it's nonstop and goes from action scene to action scene to action scene. Each one gets crazier and crazier and crazier. So it works for me. Um, and then I love the exotic indie locations. Um, negatives, oh, and like twins. Twins are really cool. Um, the knife-throwing twins. I have a problem with the wardrobe. There's too much camel toe. Oh, the, the, <laughs> with, with the ladies at the end? Yeah. The spandex? <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> I have a problem with that. Uh, um, nice. I, I, I I like the um, I like the uh, I like um, uh, the henchman. What's his name? Um, but they can crush the, uh, oh, the yeah yeah. He's he's pretty cool. He I, but however, I don't particularly like um, the main villain. I think he's just kind of weak and forgettable. You don't like he's just kind of weak and forgettable. To yeah. me, to me, you, you need to have more than just saying octopusy well, which I think is how he got cast. And he's just kind of. Boring. He's not physically threatening. He's not. Uh, doesn't doesn't do it for me. Doesn't like do it for me. That may be why I, yep. I part of the reason. Yeah. Um. Bond well. gets. I mean, it's not just that Bond gets stuck in the clown. Although you might have you might have turned me around the clown thing. Now I remember that. Yeah. I guess it's kind of a. You know, we're seeing the beginning kind of play out, and that adds a little bit of mystery to it. But then he's stuck in a gorilla suit too. It's like ugh, it's just it's hard to stomach the silliness that's stuck in an otherwise pretty good movie. Like you know, the very tense sequence of them getting hunted in the Indian jungle, but then you have to sit and they hiss off, and it's like yeah. it's a moment where I feel like that scene could have been played a lot more for seriousness and laughs. Yeah. But yeah, it's a really fun movie, and it I think it's aged pretty well. And, uh, yeah, so I'm probably going to knock it up a, a point or two from 15th place where I have it now. Work is done, then. Yeah, well yeah. done. Bob? 
Um, I've always liked Octopussy. It was my first one in the theater. Um, yeah? Yeah. I mean, you know, right, right on the heels of For Your Eyes Only. Okay. Uh, I consider this, you know, just a good, very good, solid, standard Bond film. I ranked it number 11. Okay. Um, but after all this talk, I'm like, maybe I'm underselling this movie. This is pretty good. I even had the little toy. Did anyone have this little toy with the little horse that comes up, a little plane comes what? out? What? That was a toy? That's amazing. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I want to buy one now. I'm going to yeah, check I'm eBay. Gonna, I've been checking done. eBay to get another one. I can't Wow. Anyways, I think Roger Moore turns in a really good performance. Uh, I, I agreed. I think Maude Adams is great. Good chemistry. Uh, God, the secondary Bond girl is just gorgeous, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Christina Wayborn. Wayborn. And yeah. she is still gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. Um, very, I like the score by John Barry. I love the, it's like the, the octopusy kind of sneaking in theme with the circus girls. Yeah. I yeah. love that. And the, well, this um, was John Barry's return. It was, yes. He had been away for a while, yeah, I think. Yeah. He didn't do it for you guys only. Yeah. yeah. I think he kind of relished coming back, yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. I love the Cold War plot with the you know the Russian and yeah. his whole thing with the bomb. I thought it was good. I actually like Kamal Khan. I know you don't. Um, I, I find him wonderfully... He, he's in that He's in that charming, smarmy mode. <laughs> okay, I like. okay. I love the whole dinner sequence when they're eating eyeballs and he's... He's casually talking about sodium pentothal and yeah. things he's going to okay. do. Okay. I always thought that was really neat. Uh, yeah, comedy bits agreed with things like the Tarzan yell and the gorilla suit. As a kid, I liked it, but as an adult, I'm like, yeah, pushing it a little bit. Uh, I also remember the alligator sub. Which yeah, I love the alligator yeah. subs. Yeah. Like, I, I, uh, like, I like that. Yeah, I like that's the great. Sub too. I love good mini mission. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Probably the best mini right? mission yeah. pre-title. Yeah. 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 Nothing to do with the rest of the film. Yeah. Fill her up, please. I just love it. It's good stuff. I like your point, John, about the whole turnabout starts with this whole thing with yeah. the clown suit, but then when he's in, in the suit later, I'm like, God, that it, wow, that is really good symmetry. You're right. That's yeah, yeah, I never thought about credit. that. So I basically summed up saying very solid, entertaining, but maybe not in my top ten. And now I'm like, oh, maybe I should kick this up at least one or two spots. Again. Okay, I moved it up by a lot. By a lot. It yeah, was... I, I'm gonna rethink this when we get to the other one. All right, yeah, I, 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 I'm, this. A moment in this that I think he's really good in is when Who? when VJ uh, Roger Moore when VJ dies, it, it's not oh, an yeah. overly sentimental yeah. scene. It's actually quite short, but it's a nice moment that he kind of gives respect to this guy who just died and really been doing a lot. You're for sad him. to see him die. Yeah, yeah. 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 You yeah. don't want him to die because yeah. he's a good character. He's charming. You he's like a, him. He's a, yeah, I think that's a really nice sequence in it because yeah. he, he gets killed brutally. Yeah. I mean, you don't see and it. It raises course, kind of the stakes the, the menace of yeah. the new bad guys. You and know, it also ends the India sequence. It ends mm -hmm. on this down note of we yeah. lost sort of the soul of India. Who wow. Oh, okay. And he goes, and then we're in Berlin. It's beautifully crafted. His, voice, his voice goes down. He says, I'm going to go to wherever he's going. No more troubles. Yeah. Or no more worries. Yeah. And it's, he's, he's not... He's not happy. He's yeah. he's really feeling it. I, I I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, sad, no, like no little beat that I really adore in this movie is um, what's is the general's name? Um, the um, where Orloff. Uh, yeah, Orloff, where he's talked down by Gogol. Yeah. like gives him a talking down, and he just sits like like an eight year old. He <laughs> <laughs> crosses yeah. arms and goes, mm. yeah. and I love that. I love how he's like and an eight year old out of control. Like Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just for a, for a All right. conversation scene, we're gonna have this beautiful Ken Adams. Right. He's, he's so over the top, and it's great. The West is decadent. Yes. I love all that. Yeah. I, I think it's. I think that's funny. Shows how he's Putin. Yeah, he is Putin. He is. <laughs> he wow, is cool. Wow, I love that. And gadget wise, I, I love the acid pen. Yeah, yeah, that's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, I like that stuff. All right, well, maybe Octopussy is uh, that's going to be our never say never again this time around, where yeah. we kind of look at it like, hey, maybe it's pretty good. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to. Thank you. Yeah, let's move on to number thirteen. Number thirteen is oh. 
Oh, okay. Alright. Um John, you are first. Uh Living Daylights. 18 for me. Oof. I like the Living Daylights. I like Dalton, but it's just a not very gripping, compelling movie. I find the plot confusing. I like the Vienna stuff. Um but uh no, I I the, to me it's sort of a, a Bond movie without it without tension. Okay. Um, but I enjoy Dalton. Interesting. Athena, what do you think of Mr. Krabby Pants? Uh, Mr. Krabby Pants, Living Daylights. Uh, I have it number 18. Okay. A little higher than before. Uh, I agree with everything that John said. It's just sort of like, yeah, there you go. There's a movie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Man. I, you know, the uh, chase in the cello container is fun and silly, and I enjoy that. Car chase on ice. I like the gadgets in the Aston Martin for that, but um, yeah, it's a uh, weak villain, weak, weak, weak 80s villain. TV movie, yes. and always weak, in two TV. weak villains, two weak really. villains, yeah, yeah, but yeah, 80s TV movie. I don't know, well, for it, some reason, unlike I... License to Kill, though, it looks beautiful, it's a Bond movie, yeah, it, yeah, and it's look and it's scope, so I still feel like yeah. in the world of Bond, it's just a little lesser adventure, but I think the, of James yeah, I think Bond. the adventure and plot, it just feels a little bland. Yeah, um, I put this in number nine. I've uh, it, when I was younger, this was my favorite for a long time. Um, Dalton, it's all about Dalton. He puts the charisma and the acting back on the center stage. He's finally, finally putting this tiresome slapstick to rest. There's, you know, it's not really there anymore. Finally, um, it's a welcome return to actual romance and this Cold War spy thriller feel. Uh, these daring action sequences and stunts, uh, particularly the cargo plane fight. Which is done for real, and yeah, damn, it looks that every bit as dangerous as it really was. These inventive gadgets, including the return of Aston Martin, which is a big deal. We hadn't seen Aston Martin since the '60s, and now finally it was here. Um, I, okay, it has a little cameo in Diamonds Are Forever. If you squint your eyes and look at the background, but still, um, I love the '80s uh, synth score. This is John Barry's last. But yeah. it, it's 80s, but it still sounds kind of fresh and invigorated. The whole movie just feels fresh and invigorating. When you watch it in order when the, during a marathon, you can just tell it was it was them breaking free of these kind of Roger Moore silliness. And now it's like, boom, now we got Dalton. Um, however, yeah, two weak villains instead of one strong one. And horrible, indecipherable plot that doesn't really, like, who cares? Um, and the Mujahideen, who later become Al-Qaeda, they're hilariously heroic looking in this movie. <laughs> Um, this film starts the questionable practice of an original love ballad piece of music to end the film, and this went on for the next three films, and never write for a Bond movie. You should end the Bond movie on, like, a right. heroic, kind of, like, the Katie Lang song, you know? And this kind of had that kind of cheesy, 80s kind of love song to end it. It's just the wrong way to end a Bond movie. But, yeah, number nine. Bob, what do you think? I adore this movie. Adore? Yes, it's number five for me. Number five. All right. I love this. Sh- Dude, look at look at the standee I've got right over here yeah. staring at you. That's the guy. That is the guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love this when it came out, and I've loved it every single time I've seen it since then. Can you describe the plot to me in one sentence? Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> I want to. I want to just. I want to celebrate this movie. I don't want to get bogged down with plot here, bro. <laughs> but the movie gets bogged down with no, plot. No, actually, here's my thing. Yeah. Uh, I consider this the '80s high watermark. Um, Dalton hits the ground running as if he's played the part for years. I think he's fantastic in this movie. Okay. Um, I love he's intense, he's brooding, but he can handle the bits of humor well mm-hmm. when he's given it, you know? Like, I think there's a better balance here than License to Kill. At okay. least there's humor in this movie. Yeah, yeah there's well, a bit. But, I mean, it's it's well handled. But, I mean, and you have this wonderful sort of Cold War story going on where you have, like, um, 
Uh, I, you're right, don't get me wrong, it's not a simple plot, but you, it starts with that great Fleming adaption of The Living Daylights, yeah. where he's got to get yes. Koskoff over the border, yeah. you get a little bit of humor with the girl and her big boobs and everything like that, but then you also get him, you, you, uh, but you have that great scene where he's showing up Saunders, but later they're actually kind of like respecting each other. So yeah, and then he dies. dies. Yeah. Now Dalton has that great reaction where he smashes the balloon, and he's just, oh, he's so angry. Yeah. I just, ah, I love this movie. All right. <laughs> Um, John Barry's score, last score, is, is fantastic, agreed. I love the, the synth and, and uh, marriage with the orchestral. Mm -hmm. I think he has some great themes. Not only uh, the, the Living Daylights theme, which has worked in so well with the plane yeah. sequence, when he has to pull the, the Jeep in. Yep, yep. Uh, it's also done in that great chase after he does the whole fake-out assassination. That's of, right. Uh, uh, See, this is the problem. It's uh, Pushkin. 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 Thank you, the Gogol yep. stand. I love yep. Pushkin. Yeah, which, um, by the way, I forgot to mention, I wish it was Gogol. And I think originally it was going to be Gogol. It, was be Gogol. it would have been better. Sick, right? Yeah, I agree. Like it it would have yeah. been better. I think it still works, but it would have been better if it was Gogol. Yep. Uh, cargo net fight, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I love the cello sledding. I love the the hop of the cello over the banister. <laughs> and he's just like, nothing yeah. to declare. I love that. I even like the way that there's an actual romance with him and Kara Malobi. Yeah. And he actually builds in that. I mean, yeah, in a typical spy way, he's using her at first, but they actually do sort of fall for each other. And that's why, for me, this is the one time the love ballad at the end of a Bond film kind of felt. Yeah, okay, it's it's, it's they're yeah. reuniting. Yeah, and it's it's not as you say. It's not just ah, it's, it's not like Michelle Yeoh. Like, well, we're floating on a piece of a boat. Let's just screw. You know, it's not like that. We're gonna actually have this nice it's boat. built. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think the film. I agree. The one weak point are the villains. Whitaker is yeah. You know, he's yeah. not much. He's he's a laughable guy with a bunch of toys, but. <laughs> I think Koskov would have been a very interesting villain had they played him out. If they had made him the main bad guy yeah. and start him as that, you know, goofy doof who, like, you know, defects. But it right. turns out the whole time he's playing MI5. Yeah. And then he comes back at the end and you get a glimmer of that in the plane. Yeah. When he's, like, kind of giving it to James. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. We have a saying, too, and you're full of it. All that stuff. If you saw him like that, he slips a little back in a goofy mode later. Forget that. If he stayed there and you find out that he was this mastermind, yeah. much better. Okay. That would have really helped the movie. But, hey, that's that's me playing armchair quarterback. I, I kind of feel like this movie was maybe one screenplay draft revision to me putting it as number five. Okay. Well, um, you know I mean? and I, I love the uh, the throwback to Smirch with Smirch Spionum. Yeah. I love the opening. God, that the skydive and the, the whole exercise that goes wrong at Gibraltar and then, the, then he's yeah. hanging on the car and he's, you can see it's Dalton doing it for yeah. a minute, some yeah, shots. Yeah. And you get the great thing and he parachutes again and there's a hot chick on a boat. Boom. Ready to go. <laughs> yep. Perfect bond. Oh, another moment that I forgot to mention I love is, and, and it's the scene where Dalton puts the stamp on his character is where he almost kills uh, Pushkin where he's like, yeah. where he's like, you know, um, um, lays a trap for him with his wife. Yeah, no, the mistress. The mistress, yes. right? And like, and like, he's holding Strips a gun. Her naked. He's yeah. yeah, he's holding a gun to his head. Yeah. And Roger Moore, you would be like, nah, never, never in a million. Years. You're yeah. like, damn, he yeah. might execute this guy. Yeah. And that was the scene where I think Dalton really put a stamp on the series. That scene right there. That was the scene that no one else could have done. I just, I just think it's great that you get genuine spy stuff going on. You yeah. get, as I said, a fake-out defection, yeah. which starts a short story, but then it's a double fake-out defection because he gets yanked back because all it was is to plant information with the British to kill Pushkin, but Bond is onto it, 
they fake out so they see what's going to happen <laughs> exactly. and they see it comes down with a drug deal. I mean, look, I know the drug deal at the end of the day is, oh, it's not a big megalomaniac world takeover plot, but I think it really works. I mean, and then you add to the fact you have a, almost a Hitchcockian thing where he's on this path with this girl who's also been tricked by uh, Koskoff. Yeah. You know, but then, you know, she even gets tricked back when she right. drugs Bond. I right. love Bond getting drugged. That's such a good scene. Yeah. I just... I don't know. I love the shit out of this movie. I'm still... <laughs> if I could rate it higher, I would, but there are better Bond movies. Okay. I like it, too. I like it, Thank too. You. I, I give it 12, so not, not 5. All right. I, I, there's a lot to like. I think the moment that's really him, and I think it's a really interesting moment, is when um, when Saunders gets killed and he breaks the balloon. I, I think that's... He goes running after somebody when he sees a balloon, and he, th- he turns his gun on a kid. Yeah. And then he hides it, and he has this sort of moment, like, I gotta relax for a second. I I, I got the and, message. And then yeah, he, he, that's awesome. Right, and she comes back and she's trying to figure out what's wrong with him, and he needs a moment to kind of yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. take a breath and go. Yeah. That that just happened. I think that's a really that's really great. good sequence. I, I like Dalton in this. I think he works really well with this script. I think they did everything they could to make this his movie. Mm-hmm. They fall in love. Yeah, and Bond doesn't have legitimate falling in love from pretty much the beginning of the film to the end. And he does it here, and I, I like that. It, he is he's a badass Bond. Yeah. Uh, he he his his the first thing he shot was him running around and jumping on the car and everything, and yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And I like that we don't know who's Bond first. Yeah. Oh and yeah, that's cool too. We assume it's going to be this tall guy that kind of looks like Roger Moore, and then we see that it's him, and it's yeah. uh, his, his iconic shot that we get, like like revealing him. Unlike with Roger Moore, where no, he's just a, oh here he is in bed. It's no, like they it's really a, play it up, and yeah. then when you see his face yeah. and the music hits, it is a big I moment. I always love that. Yeah. yeah. And I like the music. I think the music is awesome it's in great this film. Music. It's a it's 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 eighties. It's, it's ex- definitely eighties. But 80s. it's exciting. Yeah. And aha, you know, they were, they were pretty Okay, that's pretty... the best part of the movie. Aha's song. There you go. The story is all over the place. I, it, and that's kind of the problem. I, I actually I understand we didn't know this at the time and it happened in Rambo as well, but he is uh, killing Al Qaeda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Post nine eleven, I have a real hard time with that. Yeah. Um, but and Cameron um, Shaw is Bin Laden. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the fact is, I like Cameron Shaw. I like the character. I, I like their chemistry, even as mm-hmm. as how they work together. But the fact of the matter is, in hindsight, the movie yeah. has that problem. It, you know. But that's neither here nor there. I noticed on the strengths, music was one of them. I, yeah. I do love. That uh, that score in the last John Barry score. The last John Barry score. Very good. He did go out right. I did also love the Austin Martin. Not so much the chase of it. I just love him. The idea that is too of the Blade Safe House. Yeah. Bond pulling up in an Austin Martin, getting yeah, out. it's nice. It's just like it was that felt kind of. Bond. And he's a snob again. He's yeah. a snob. Oh yeah. yeah. Comes in with the food. Yeah. yeah. You need yeah. that. Bond he is hands a snob. the receipt over. He's yeah. Like, what the? Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. Bond. Yeah, it's a great scene. And he's smoking. Yeah, he yeah and he's smoking. Yeah, smoking. Return to Fleming's Bond. Yeah. All right, um, I think we can move on to number twelve. We're getting up into like the good movies, guys. Yeah. Number twelve is Underneath the Mango Tree. Yeah, all right, mm. Doctor No. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I was right. wondering when this was gonna hit around. Doctor No. Simple spy plot. Yeah. But it works well, uh, and I'm okay yeah. with that. Uh, Honey Rider is great. Uh, I am amused by Dr. No and his missing hands. I do not like the island music that uh, happens in the movie. Yeah. They didn't know what they were doing yet. I, I mean, it. it was their first movie. Yeah. Um, Dr. No dying is too slow and a little lame. 
Because he gets boiled to death. <laughs> I'm amused by the dragon on the beach. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, I think the dining room scene, it's kind of a little sophisticated yeah. uh, in its approach. Um, and it was Dr. News number 11 for me at the moment. Okay. Uh, I put it at number 14. I think this is a very good proto James Bond movie. I don't think it's quite exactly everything that I want from a James Bond movie yet. Um, however, there are three key scenes which are perfect Bond's introduction to the casino, perfect. Bond shooting the professor, perfect. And Honey Rider's entrance, perfect. Um, it's, it's all setting a good solid template for the series to start with, with the plot and the villain. And it's just, it's kind of a rough draft. Um, it's just, it's a slog watching Bond go through detective work in the first half. It's, it's like an old fashioned kind of editing style where we have to see exactly how Bond gets directions to a place and how he gets there and he has to walk in the door and he has to take the car and he gets to the place. It's just, it's so boring. It's just, it, you, you want to trim it up. Um, the music too, very old fashioned music. Um, you know, John Barry wasn't on board yet. Um, beyond, you know, I mean, look, the main title theme was great. The James Bond theme, awesome. But the score by Monty Norman is very shrill and, and it's just not pleasant or interesting to listen to. Um, it just kind of lacks the scale and the action and the inventiveness of the later films. But I have to give it props. It started it. This could have been a disaster and the series could have been a disaster. It, it, it at least put Bond series on like a solid foot to move forward. So I appreciate it. Number 14. But I might knock it down. I might put Octopussy above it. Don't be afraid. People feel like they have to worship Doctor now. It's fine to say. No, yeah, it's, it's kind of how I feel. And, and, and conversely, I think people are afraid to say they like Octopussy. Exactly. It's it's it's. Exactly. Uh, there's no reason to be afraid. It's, of I, I, I think in general, people in general, Bond fans consider it to be lower to mid. That seems to be my yeah. read of where most people put it. Yeah. But, Bob. I'm on the same possible... Switch a rowboat with you there. Yeah. Um, Doctor No is number eight for me. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, as you say, good proto Bond film. Feels a little pedestrian. That intro with Connery is great. He's at his toughest and probably most suave here. Um, location work in Jamaica is very, very nice. Um, yeah, don't care for Monty Norman's score. Oh my gosh, his other proto Bond theme on the soundtrack is really like, just, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, Ken Adams' sets, early sets, are already really awesome. Love the tarantula scene. That's full of great tension and freaked the hell out of me as a kid. <laughs> I love Bond being on his wits here because he doesn't quite have the gadgets yet. I love yeah. the hair on the door, the talcum powder uh, in the case. Yeah. Uh, when he has to go through the tunnels and he has to rip his clothes. To, okay. Like, he has to MacGyver his he way through MacGyver stuff. MacGyver his way through this thing. Yeah, so I yeah. really like that. I like Dr. No's lair, especially the creepy women who like give them you know, the, co the dried coffee and stuff and the... You know what I mean? It's such an interesting proto-villain lair. So all that stuff's really neat and you do get... Uh, a, a thing you do get with later villains where henchmen won't rat on them and will kill themselves rather than rat on this big bad yeah, that you yeah. don't meet. Yeah. Uh, heck, you even got that in World Is Not Enough with the girl blowing up the hot air balloon because yep. she doesn't want to talk about So that sets up a precedent. I think Joseph Wiseman is a fantastic villain. Uh, I'm just going to note that uh, this was actually the second Bond film I ever watched. Hmm. Uh, because I was watching Free Eyes Only on like, a constant loop and then our TV station showed Dr. No. And my dad was like, hey, it's the first Bond film. And he neglected to tell me that Sean Connery was Bond. Yeah, oh. Right? So when he described the plot to me about a guy with metal hands fighting Bond over an acid pit. You were imagining Roger Moore. I'm imagining Moore. Roger Moore. <laughs> so then when I get Sean Connery, I was bitterly disappointed. <laughs> bitterly disappointed. Wow. One of the few James Bond fans <laughs> bitterly disappointed to see Sean Connery and Dr. No. Yeah. So wow. That's that's what it took Goldfinger to turn me around on him. Gotcha. So I've, I've, come, I've come to terms with Dr. No in that sense. But yes, as a kid, not happy. Gotcha. Yes. All right. Ryan. I, I like it. I put it as eight as well. I think it's a gorgeous looking film. I love the Jamaica. 
uh, stuff, I think, uh, you know, as you said, Ursula Andrews coming out of the water. Oh, yeah. I mean, she is absolutely stunning. She's absolutely... I, and I, I love her. I love her character. I love her. When she's explaining, as he's cleaning his gun, she's explaining her father and how she killed this guy. Yeah. And I love all of that. And I, Bond is even kind of like, uh, like yeah, whoa. Yeah. It, it is. And I, I just, I like that. I, I, I find all of that, like, little backstory scene great. I, I really like Felix Leiter. I think Quarrel's really good, too. Yeah. Bond telling him to fetch his shoes, I have a little bit of an issue yeah, with. Because sure. that's sort of a black guy's fetch my shoes thing. Yep. So I have a problem with that. But, you know, product of You're sad when he dies. Oh, you are. You're definitely yeah. sad because they really worked together. There's also the sequence when he stabs the guy in the back when they're when yeah. they're in the water. They've been and she interestedly says, "Why? You know, having killed a guy early, talking about killing a guy earlier, and he says because I had to. Yeah. And that's that's that feels Bond to me. That feels spy esque. Yeah. Yep. There's a moment when he's been going through all of this and he's gone through the tunnel towards the end, and he he comes out of it. And you look at Connery, and he looks beat up. Yeah. He looks, because they had just beat the crap out of him in that chair. That's right. You know, and you don't really see that, but that's a, that's a, basically a torture sequence. Yeah, I mean, okay. I think, I think all of that really works. Yeah. He kind of, he really does, I think, hit it out of the park. I think he's, this is a strong first film for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, Terrence Young, I'm sure, did a lot to get him here, but his magnetism is, is really from the outset. Yeah. Is, is right. And it right could have been so him. wrong. Mm -hmm. Very easily. There's you really, no you think of other people that they were thinking of. Yeah. I don't think anyone could have done it as good as him. No, nope. he is that. And and when you compare it to other Bond films, there really is not tons of action in this film at nope. all. Yeah. And that's fine. It's it's sort of an investigative film. Again, it feels very Fleming esque, as you had said. Yeah. It's probably the closest, one of the closest to it. So, and I love Joseph Wiseman. Uh, he, him being uh, Asian as well is a little weird, uh, but I, his performance is is outstanding. And the dialogue in, in, in the dinner sequence is so crisp. I, I prefer the 53 myself. All of that really tight stuff. I, I like the interplay between them. I like dinner sequences w between characters. Yeah. I like it with Kamal Khan. Well, it, it's, I like it with Scaramanga. I like those moments. Because it's Bond. That is a Bond sequence. You don't see that in the Bourne movies. You don't... Like that, 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 that politeness between right. the villain but, and you know, Bond he, is... He grabs a knife and, and Dr. No knows he's got the knife. Tells yep. him to put it back. Like yep. that stuff is... I, I think that's really, really tight screenwriting. Yeah. Right? That's the thing about the script. I think it's a very, very, very tight script. It's not a very long film. It's a pretty short film. Mm. So it's 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 one I think that uh, considering it's the first one, I think it's I think it's a strong, strong outing. Cool. So that's me. Uh, I have it as nineteen. Um, I like it. I think Connery is great. I think uh, Doctor No is great. Just like what you said, all those those scenes, those key things. But apart from that, it's a very old movie, and it really is just, they've just taken the book and they've made it, which I kind of like, but it really isn't a home run in all the elements that we came to know Bond. So I enjoy it for what it is, being the being the first movie. I, I think I respect this movie more than I like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah actually. Uh, that's, yeah. I, I, it more than I enjoy it. I wouldn't it. show it to someone, you got to watch this Bond exactly. movie, this will hook you. Yeah. No, 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 it's fun the way... It's amazing how how old fashioned it feels, yeah, even compared yeah. to From Russia with Love, which yeah. feels very contemporary. All of a sudden, Doctor No is an old movie. It's yeah. uh, it's real curiosity. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It, but you know, um, you know, you know, it's the Connor's first amazing. It's <laughs> he is. He's a monster. It's the first Bond film, but it's ne I don't think you you would absolutely not show this as a first film no, to somebody at no, all. And, that, and, and that's why I ranked yeah. it. Kind yeah, of yeah. Not and I I, I, I I'm gonna I keep the eight, but I I understand that. Yeah, yeah. it's. 
It would be tough to watch, I think, as a first bog film. Yeah. All right, let's move on to number 11. We have a tie. Ooh. Just like the Moonraker. Hey, Moonraker. In search of live and let die. Ah. <laughs> so 11 okay. and 10 tie. All right, so we'll start with live and let die. I put live and let die at number 12, actually. It's higher than I thought it would. Um, the big plus about this movie, it just moves like a bullet. You never have to wait more than a few minutes to get another fun action sequence. Uh, the crocodile farm is one of the best sequences of the whole movie. It's one of the few times you see Roger Moore like truly sweat, and he and and the way he gets out of it is earned and exciting and not expected. Memorable villains, all really fun. Uh, Paul McCartney makes the best title song of the series, in my opinion. Uh, in the negative, it's kind of racist. It's kind of it it's a little racist. And uh, the, the in the villain deaths are so cartoonish, particularly with the the balloon blowing up it just it's ridiculous and that's the climax of your movie and it's a balloon guy blowing up it looks so bad um just there's kind of that guy hamilton ham-fisted humor that interrupts some otherwise excellent action scenes uh particularly the boat chase i think you could have trimmed that down with less of the jw pepper stuff and it would have been a really exciting chase um it in general it just feels a little cheap and a little small scale but i it is an entertaining movie on board with a lot of what Brad said. I rate Living Let Die number 10. Uh, there is a lot of 70s Afro funk in this one. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy George Martin's score. Um, it is you know, a little funky and dated, but you know what? I, 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 I When they released that expanded soundtrack, I mean, I, there's some neat stuff. I like that the way it kicks in. Mm-hmm. When he's gonna throw the gas on the guy in yeah. the boat chase, yeah. some really good. It's exciting. There. Yeah. It's different. And even just that cue when uh, they're they're throwing down the cards and you see the plane landing, it's yeah. like doom, doom, yeah. doom, yeah. and it's yeah. like, oh yeah. yeah, we're getting in some groovy yeah. stuff. Yep. So I like that. Um, yeah, McCartney's uh, title tune is definitely in the top three. Excellent, excellent song. Roger Moore, a little stiff in this first outing, and to me, he's more of a dick here because he's got moments where mm-hmm. he's totally like putting the screws to Rosie uh, right. yeah about turning yeah. on her boss and without any care that she's probably going to die and then lying yeah. lying to get the virginity of Ly- solitaire totally yeah virginity of okay the big one the uh, sequences like the boat chase and the airplane taxi chase they go on a bit too long I love the ending I want to tell you why okay because you have a shark pool fight and that's the ass. <laughs> <laughs> it should be kick-ass, but it's kind of boring and small. And also, and... it has probably one of my other favorite gadgets in the series, the magnet buzzsaw watch. Oh, I hate that, though. I, I I hate how it just comes out. You're like, like, how it. is he going to get out of this? And he just presses a button. It's a gadget that was not set up in the beginning. Okay. We don't fair know enough. it exists. Uh, fair enough. And, and, fair he, and he just presses a button, and he gets out. I, and that's how I, he gets out. He doesn't I, use I, his wits. And, I, and the gadget wasn't planted in the audience's mind. What I love about the crocodile thing is that he uses the watch, and you're like, oh, he's gonna, and then the watch doesn't work. Yeah. That's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, no. I, I I love that watch, uh, for both reasons. So we can agree and disagree at the same time. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah, and I I like Mr. Big. Yeah, Fat Koto is great. I like how he, in one role is like a thug, and in another role he's like Mr. Sophisticate to, to Bond. And I think that was. Kind it's of just cool. he deserves a better death or a better filmed death because he's so good. And I don't care. I think it's great. Okay, I have no problem with it. Uh, Tee. Excellent. I yeah. love him. I love the claw. I love all that. I love the end train fight with Teehee. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. They have a little proto Jaws, but still. Sheriff J.W. Pepper is um, unfortunate. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I mean, overall, it's, it's generally enjoyable. As you say, it's generally well paced, and you know, you get a lot of fun little sequences. And Okay. Yeah. I like it. it I, I ranked it 14. I, I think Moore is actually pretty strong out of the gate. He gets called out on some mistakes that he makes, which I think is good. You know, White guy in Harlem, good disguise. Oh, man. I see what you I mean. I like that kind of stuff. I think that's yeah. I actually think the the sequence in in Harlem in New York where they, he's trying to find him and then 
and then his driver gets killed. And I, I, I like that. I actually yeah. legitimately like that a lot. Uh, I think it's got a good supporting cast. I think yeah. I think Felix is... I would have liked more of Felix, but, yeah. you know, again, we like, as we were talking about a license to kill, I think he's fine in this. I think it's... Uh, I, I have a real problem with tricking Solitaire. I, I, yeah. find, I find that Maybe really just... You know, it's one she of had Bond's all of biggest... these powers, and he he lies to her, and she kind of handles it okay, actually, Amazingly. in terms of what in terms of what he's done. Mm-hmm. She's sad about losing the powers, but not so sad that he did it to her. Right. And I, you know, I have a problem with that, I guess, too. But um, you know, I I think uh, I think it's a I think it's a fun film. It's black exploitation, and there's a little there is some racism. I think that that just was part of that time, and that's a shame that that is. But. Uh, Coral Jr. I think that was nice. I think it was a nice little connection yeah. back to yeah. back to very similar film. to Doctor No. So I my one of my biggest things is I think it's a really boring opening sequence. I don't think yeah. movie, I don't think the movie opens strong yeah. at all. The pre titles like, is boring. Eh. And, but I like them coming to Bond's house. I like that a lot. I I would have liked to have seen Q, but you know, and then he's he's got this woman he's been fooling around with, and he gets the he gets the watch and takes her dress off. All of that I like. He but he's Bond very quickly in the movie, and I think that's I think that's good. So yeah, fourteen. I like I like Little Live Die. One, one thing I forgot to mention I really like in this movie is the voodoo cult and the and 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 the and the interesting flavor it gives this movie. And 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 not only that, but how they treat it, where it's like, is it magic? Is it not magic? Yeah. It actually treats. It actually does a pretty good line about. It treats about, it pretty fairly. Yeah, actually. pretty fairly. Yeah. Where yeah. you could read it either way, which uh-huh. is really tough to do in a movie. And I like that. And Bond believes that it works, right? I mean, mm, does, well, I, I think he does. I think he tricks uh, her because he. Well, okay. I don't think he does. I think he doesn't believe that she's really going to lose any power. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. yeah. He 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 just. But, I don't but think he believes. In so you the think occult. he's less of a dick then, really? Well, but he's I still think, taking. I don't think he should have been tricky. Uh, to take her virginity, and it's weird because it's like, well, um, you know, the the other the bad guy wants to do that basically. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, what I is this movie about? Like, who's gonna take her virginity? Kind of. And uh, that's a negative. But I will say all of that, I guess, when it comes around. Uh, ten. Uh, I enjoy it for all the reasons that have been mentioned. Music's great. I think Moore is terrific. I mm-hmm. think he's better in this than he was in Man with the Golden Gun, actually. Yeah, the second yeah, movie. Yeah. Right out of the gate, he makes Bond his own. It's a very different Bond movie. It's actually kind of a bold reinvention. We're used to reboots yeah. now. Yeah. This one, it really is. You don't see him in a tuxedo. He uh, he doesn't order a vodka martini. He doesn't do a lot of iconic No John stuff. Barry. No John Barry. For the first time in, yeah. since Dr. No, yeah. And uh, I, I think Jane Seymour is, is, oh, yeah. is dynamite. She's yeah. stunning. And I love too. Bond movies that are strongly themed. I love Bond movies where he really enters into the special world of the villain. And this is one of the best movies yeah. of that. It's the world of voodoo permeates. Yeah. And that's why I kind of like the beginning. You start in this strange mm. world of strange funerals <laughs> and murdering people yeah. and voodoo stuff. It's this exotic world. And... Bond, as he flies there, they're already predicting he's coming. So he really goes into the villain's world, and he's fearless in this villain's world, and then eventually goes from a voodoo shop in Harlem to a freaking voodoo festival in San Monique, and he's or a whatever total, it is. And so I, yeah. I, I, I think it's just a really neat Bond goes to voodoo land movie. And he's, and, a, um, he's totally fish out of water, too, the entire movie. And he's totally movie. fish out of yeah. And he's he not bothered is. by that at all. He just marches right in, <laughs> looking good. It's, uh, it's a great Bond movie. Okay, He's cool. got some fun lines, too, like a genuine Felix Leiter. Oh, yeah. I, it's yeah. just a really... Yeah. Tom Mankiewicz is good at that kind of dialogue. Yeah, the dialogue he's is... really yeah. good at that. I think the dialogue is really strong in the movie. Cool. Athena. Uh, okay, so Live and Let Die, I have it number 12. Um, I love the alligators. Um, I do think it's nice and fast-paced. Um, even the 
uh, chase sequences and action sequences. I do not like J.W. Pepper, as I've said before. Um, I like that it's kind of fantastical in terms of the occult voodoo stuff they're showing, um, because there is the non-fantastical part of that religion, and I like that they're going to the extreme. But, yeah, definitely problem with uh, this focusing around uh, Solitaire's virginity. Um, and I like the, uh, the whole sacrifice scene. I just, yeah, I just like all of the voodoo stuff. Cool. I enjoy it. I'll add that I think Baron Sanity was uh, extra creepy. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and the fact that he lives in the end. Or does he? Or does he? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, you never... Yeah. They never say whether or not it's real or not. And it has yeah. actually a couple of sequences I always remember really liking as a kid. The um, finding of the bugs in the hotel room and graping out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I always like that. And of course, the, the snake attack with yeah. the, and he has to use the makeshift flamethrower with the... Yeah. But what I like about that is, is after he kills the snake, then he just goes right back like nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that, was, that was Roger Moore right there. I think yeah. that was his scene where it was like, okay, that's Roger's yeah. take on the character. Yeah. It's yeah. great. All right, Bob, let's start you with Moonraker. <laughs> I rate Moonraker number 18. Um, Ouch. So, I mean, yeah, I, I look, little. look, I go back and forth on this one because uh, as a kid, I love the heck out of Moonraker. <laughs> as an adult, I can see a lot of problems with it. This is indulgent, over the top, um, and uh, and kind of tripish, but in other ways, it's a very entertaining piece of late 70s spectacle. Uh, there's a warm, comforting feeling I get from watching late 70s blockbuster movies, and Moonraker has it in spades. Yeah. So that's great. So yeah, we get a gondola hovercraft, and we get an underwater python fight, and we get <laughs> outer space laser battles out of the damn This blues. movie has it all! It's a bit nuts. But it also has a kick-ass skydive sequence in the opening, which is some of the best stunt work, I think, of the entire series. Uh, there's some ex excellent tension with Bond in the G-Force simulator when Chang yeah. has all his mercy. That, that is editing masterpiece yeah. right there. I, I love that sequence as a kid, and it still holds up. Uh, it's got some pretty great Bond women, uh, especially Corinne uh, Dufour, who uh, also uh, got my notice as a kid. This is the third <laughs> Bond film I ever saw, by the way. Cool. Um, and possibly one of the worst uh, names with Holly Goodhead, but, you know, well, that's, that's Bond world. It's all right. <laughs> uh, I love the wrist dart gun. Uh, John Barry... I don't know. I've gone back and forth on the score. Not his it's, strongest. It's not his strongest. I've learned to love it in a way, but it's very, very slow and moody. Yeah. But when you're in a slow, moody mood, yeah. it's great. Yeah. When you want your typical rousing bond, it's very disappointing. Sure. Uh, but we did get the return of the 007 theme from the Connery era, which is kind of nice. Title tune is also a little on the slow side, but it grows on you. I, I've kind of come around on it. I can't, I can't hate any Shirley Bassey it, It's hard to truly hate a Shirley yeah. Bassey song. I, I really like Michael Lonsdale as Drax. I think he's very dry and like all that stuff about with, with the Doberman Pinchers and you know, can, oh, I, tempt God, you, I, can I tempt you yeah. with a cucumber sandwich and all that. <laughs> um, I love all that. It's great. Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, some days this is just the right PB&J sandwich I need. Yeah, there you Other go. days yeah. it's like, yeah, it's, well, I'll tell you this. Um, also, of course, you have the, the Bane villain plot, which is a semi-recycling of Spy Who Loved Me, except you're dealing yep. with outer space instead of underwater. <laughs> sure. Uh, for those of you who may not have seen it, this is also a virtual remake of Kiss the Girls and Make Them Die, mm. which also takes place partly in Rio, and as a guy who wants to restart the whole... Have you, has when was that made? I have not. Uh, it's with Mike Connors, who later went on to play Mannix. The flip is that he's an American agent protagonist, and he's teamed with a British female agent, and which is a flip for Moonraker, and they, there is this guy, Megalomaniac, who wants to restart the, repopulate the world. And it doesn't have outer space. There is a rocket, though. Right. And uh, there's a lot of similarities in terms of the beats. and. What, what year was that made? 66. 66. 
Wow. So it makes me wonder, and that's a Eurospike on one yeah. of the other ones. And Someone might I recommend it if you're ever curious. Yeah. Uh, it's weird to see how Moonray, it's almost like they just said, we'll just steal that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but generally speaking, it, it is, as I say, it's it, it's entertaining on its own terms. If that makes sense? Yeah. But if you certainly are going in expecting something a like... Fleming, dark. A, a dark Fleming. Yeah. Not even dark Fleming, but just anything along the lines of Craig or Dalton or even one of the more serious <laughs> Conneries. You're like, what am I watching? Um, I mean, come on. You have a pigeon doing a double take. It's crazy. So, anyways. Uh, enjoyable, but not in the top set. So I'm 18. That's okay. I ranked it 16. So, sort of in the same vein as you. Sure. Great sets. Yeah. Yeah. Roger Moore's having a great time. Was this, was this Ken Adams' last yep. Bond yes, movie? Yeah, and man, Bond what a great one to yeah. go out. Every single set is oh, just yeah. stunning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love the sequence where he where they're where they're shooting the birds and he kills the guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. shoots the guy. Yeah. Um, you miss Mr. Bond. And I, I think I Good think eye. every scene that Drax and he have together yeah. are wonderful. Yeah. Yep. Uh Kareem DeFore, I love. Uh, mm-hmm. I think her death sequence is is tragic. Yeah, scary. It's, the dogs. it's scary. Right. It's yeah, yeah, it's 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 really Haunting. it's really strong. Um, I there are just silly things. Why would a space shuttle have its fuel on it when it's uh, when it's yeah. on top of a plane? I mean, yeah. that doesn't seem to make much sense. The movie the movie's overly silly where it doesn't have to be. I, the gondola thing. I I'm again I'm back and forth on this. I find it a very silly sequence, but I kind of think it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's just a it, it, and again this movie is so picturesque. They go everywhere. Yeah. And it's it's really a gorgeous, gorgeous. The I think scope it's absolute, of this scope movie. Of the film. It is it is it is probably the the most scope that they've done yes. in the film. Yeah. Um Jaws is useless. I mean, he's he's replacing another villain and I I I, I don't need that. The outer space stuff, I mean, the movie's a product of its time, right? So it's quite amazing. The 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 what they were able to accomplish is really pretty cutting edge and if you watch it now you kind of go well this isn't that bad this wouldn't be terribly dissimilar yeah, to what you the, do right uh, now honestly the, the space effects that they did for the early bond movies always look pretty lackluster to me but this, this is one, the first time that it, I, yeah. I, I, it seems believable it seems yeah pretty good it, but but they, they used a completely different way to shoot it than they did right. the old ones but uh, i think it i think it's a better for it they, i think it holds up pretty well i love the score I actually love the score. Yeah. I, I I I like how it works. I'm not a big fan of the the the, the song, but I I think the score is beautiful. Actually, yeah. Uh, number six for me. Ah, wow, there you go. I love Moonraker. I'll start by there are times when it gets silly. That's mm-hmm. too bad. But overall, I think it's a fantastic Bond movie. I think it is a pinnacle Bond movie, and there have only been a couple of those. It is Cubby Broccoli saying, "I'm going to give you." Everything I can. <laughs> Ken Adam, give me every beautiful set. There's just in tremendous things. John Barry, pour it on. We're going to go to real. If Bond is going to fly in an airplane, no, he's going to fly in a Concorde. Yeah. The scale of the movie yeah. is wonderful. But also, sit down and watch Moonraker. It flows beautifully. It has one of the best flowing stories. That actually makes sense. Bond follows a manufacturing you know, right. trail. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think that is uh, that is just uh, terrific. It also varies the stuff. The death of Corinne DeFore, the dogs, that's one of the creepiest things in all of Bond. Any of the Bond yeah. And for yeah. it to be kind of mixed in with sort of the lightness of Moonraker, it keeps coming back to this is light, but also this guy is extremely dangerous. Great villain. Uh, I just think it's a fantastic, fantastic uh, Bond movie that I, I, I never get tired of. And back in the day, I used to think, yeah, you sort of lose it when you go in space, and you do. But it still sort of works for me now. Now it's like, well, space shuttles, sure. 
Okay. And a space station, not completely far out. So the ending holds up. How did he build it, though? Did he, did he have the jamming yeah, sequence up there the whole time when he was building it? I know. Well, that, now he's got all the money in the world. That's, that's, he's that's also just one of these hairs. great, so outrage, almost like Goldfinger, a man who's yeah. so outrageously rich, he can just make the world his own, and eventually yeah. Yeah. he's going to, I'm going to literally remake the whole world my own. I, I think it's just, that. this is what a Bond movie is. It's Moonraker. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's Moonraker. Boom. Plants the like flag that. in the sand. I like yeah. that. Mike draw. Good. That's great defense. Uh, so, Moonraker is number seven for me. Wow. Oh. I was going to say, when you guys started with the lower ones, yeah. I'm like, man, there how did you get so high? Okay, now we know. You know, they're bouncing all over the planet. Outside of the planet, that's great. <laughs> um, the skydive and G four sequence are are great. The gondola on the street, I find that silly, even though the cubo in world is not enough. I don't find silly, <laughs> but I like it's got the little rug under it. It just is dumb. <laughs> it looks silly, Bob. It looks silly. I got nothing. The cubo looks cool. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so as far as Drax goes, it's like I love that he's over the top in terms of his diabolical plan. It's like distinguished yet creepy because he'll kill someone with dogs. Um, and that is the, one of the, a very freaky scene. Um, I love the over the top sets. Um, it's just the over the top aspect of this movie that uh, is wonderful. Death by Python, the Drax <laughs> girls. I'm, I just, there's just so much in this <laughs> that is wonderful because it is so fantastical. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean. Lasers. Yeah. To me, to me, I, I put this at number 11. I might actually bump it up one more. Um, to me, I think this movie for a long time had a bad rap. But in the same way that I think the Adam West Batman and its ridiculousness has a place in the Batman canon, I think it's totally fine to have a Moonraker that, that's, you know, the ridiculous Bond movie. I think mm. there's nothing wrong with having that different flavor. You know, like, mm -hmm. I'm glad that all the movies aren't the same flavor. I, I like that there's Adam West Batman and Christian Bale Batman. I like that there's Daniel Craig James Bond and Moonraker. Moonraker is just, it's pure fantasy. Escape is fun. Um, but one, one scene I love that hasn't been mentioned is the, the Glass Museum fight. Just a, yeah. a, just awesome use of sound design. Um, every line that Drax utters is just pure gold. He's the opposite of, of um, Elliot a Carver. Right. Who just speaks and speaks blah, 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 just just all the time. He man, when he's he only has like maybe twelve lines in the whole movie, but every single one is gold. Like you know, look after Mister Bond, make see, see that some harm, harm comes, comes to him. You know, it's great. And and that moment where he actually does break at the end because he's so dry and so controlled. But at the end, where he's like, you know, Jaws, expel him is awesome. Um, I love yeah. that. Uh, in the negative. A lot of humor works, but man, there's a lot of slapstick that just falls flat. Like Jaws is kind of like Wiley e. Coyote in this one; it's just kind of ridiculous. Um, Miss Goodhead, I'm so sorry for this expression, guys, but she's a little wooden. <laughs> she's kind of stiff. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I can't. I can't argue with that, but boy, I sure liked looking at her when I was growing up. That's Fair enough. Um, cool. So, but I, I'm, I'm sort of looking at my number ten pick, and I actually think that. I might move this one ahead just because we're never, ever, ever going to see a movie like this ever again. No. This is a product of its time. Yeah, you're right. And it's all the better for it. It was the perfect time to do it. And it, was, it was Cubby pulling out all yeah, the stops. All the stops. And, and you know what? Yeah. It worked. It's entertaining. It was a huge success. Well, it was, it, and people it loved gigantic. it. People loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was Bonded space. You know, and Moonraker has, you know, something that you don't see. I don't think we've seen in any Bond movie. And, it, and it's the most realistic thing. At one point, Bond, after discovering nerve agents... 
simply calls it in and says, okay, I, I found like the it. shit. Let's, you know, he, yeah. he presses the panic button. Right. As a spy, that's what you would do at that right. point. Right. You know what? Yeah. And and everyone shows up and yep. they cordon off and he's with his boss and they yep. all go in and gas masks and, and he gets humiliated and he gets humiliated. Awesome. Yeah. That is great and that's in Moonraker. You, you know, know and, and that, that is a key beat that should be in and you would think in any spy movie at some right. point you say okay I'm calling in yeah myself my yeah. job is to call the Marines yeah and, and that's there's a, a moment. moment of going rogue. But he doesn't. If you really think about it, M kind of says, "Go off and go do it." Yeah, that's and it's, a neat it's great. Thing. I, I love that because he and, really doesn't go right. No slip ups, double or, or both, both in trouble. trouble. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I like that line. I like is that. almost the whole mm-hmm. line that they've been playing with Judy Dench's thread. You know, that, yeah. she's in jeopardy too. You just do it with one line from Bernard. It's, and it's His great. Last line His last line in the whole series. Well, actually, it is. Oh uh, no, too. he has a little line at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. I might move this up. I don't know where I can move it, but yeah. We're in the top ten. Well, now we're at number nine, right? Number nine. Ooh, in the top ten. You only live twice. Wow. That high? Well, I had You Only Live Twice as ten. I think it's a great opening sequence. You kill Bond right away. I love the song in this. I think it's one of the best. Very pretty. The best. I think the I think the opening that the the title sequence is oh, yeah. gorgeous. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. The sumo wrestler fight that he has at night with a guy. Yeah. I think that where where he picks up a, a, a sofa to to hit the guy. I think all of that is awesome. I think some of the fights, the fight on the top of the Kobe docks, is one of the best shot fights in any Bond film. All of that is terrific. I think the cinematography is gorgeous in this movie. I love little Nelly. Uh, you know, Sean Connery turning, uh, you know, Japanese is super <laughs> duper weird. Yeah. Uh, and forgotten about. Yeah, yeah, it's odd. He then has his hair back and then <laughs> later on in the movie, we yeah. don't know how he got that. I think Aki is gorgeous. I think she's wonderful. I wish she hadn't been killed because Kissy Suzuki, I find, I find, she ends up kind of becoming the heroine and I find her useless. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of gadgets and it, it's a bit of a silly film when it's all said and done, but, uh, you know, I like it. I, I, he never leaves Japan. I think that's really interesting. It's kind of a dark movie. It, it really is sort of like Bond's in hell and he has to get out the whole time, so... You know, he dies at the beginning. Maybe he has to, I don't know. So I ranked this well. I like it. I do it at 14 for me. And it could be higher because I like You Only Live Twice. I think it's Connery's weakest movie as far as his performance goes. I agree. But the location, I love. I love the idea of James Bond goes to Japan and he stays in Japan. And it's just a tour of of Japan. I think it moves like a rocket. Unlike yeah, I disagree I think it moves completely. Very fast, mm. and he moves from location to location and dynamic to dynamic. I love the the floor drops out below him. Oh, it's great! It's all this kind of stuff yeah. where he seems to be walking through a completely um, mysterious world. And the villain in the volcano, I think, is ultimate and iconic James Bond uh, stuff. So you know, it's fourteen. I enjoy it. This is my favorite Sean Connery movie. Mm. Interesting. Uh, this is at number eight for me. I think we have the best Blofeld. Yes. I like that the cat is all over the place. Yes. Little Nelly's amazing. Okay. The sets are all amazing. Uh, the piranhas, oh my gosh, best mm-hmm. villain pet. Um, <laughs> the location. Even though you don't really see them, but right. you see it the Right, it doesn't effects. matter. Yeah, You're yeah, seeing yeah. them do their dirty work. Yep. Um, I love all of the stuff in Japan, the ninjas. I really love this movie. Mm. I do not like this movie that much. I put it at number 16. Um, it's t- it's just, it's 
kind of like the volcano. It's very impressive on the outside, but it's hollow inside. It's just, it's it's all about the mass production design. Um, yeah, best Blofeld by far, and having it lead up is great. He's just so iconic and creepy. That's what Christoph Waltz was missing. Christoph Waltz is a human. This Donald Pleasance is not a human. Yeah. He's from outer space and a bad part of outer space. You know, I love him. Um, one of the best Barry scores agreed. Just, it's just a gorgeous movie. And, and Bond literally saves the world in this one. Not many Bond movies, Bond literally saves the world, but this is one of them you can give that. He's so. got like three seconds left. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. And it's the, one, it's the one moment at the very end of the movie that he looks legitimately concerned. Yeah. That's he's kind of like, yeah. Ah, whatever. Yeah, right I now. do feel he like it's very really, tense. It's a tense sequence. Um, but yeah. the problem I have with this movie, it's just much more interested in set pieces and gadgetry than any semblance of human drama. Um, the middle section with Bond, to me, I disagree completely. It just sags. What's that the, whole part, the middle, the middle section where he has to get Get married and it becomes Japanese. Oh, I agree with that. I always oh, I feel like God. that's more towards the end. And, yeah, and then once you get, and then once you get little Nelly back, it kind of, I think it picks yeah. up again near the end. But yeah. oh my God, that whole section in the middle is—it's like the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. It's like the movie just has to grind to a halt while we just get used to this this culture, and it just doesn't need it. It, it, it kills it for me. Um, weak, interchangeable Bond girls have no character at all. I cannot tell you one character difference between Kisi Suzuki and Aki. They're, they're, uh, and and the, I think there's another one. They're, they're all they all have the same characteristics. Ugh, they completely disagree. Yeah, I just they have no chemistry at all with with Connery. No one has any chemistry with Connery. Connery's kind of just sleepwalking through the movie. I don't blame him. Um, he's kind of over it, and he's just in it for this point. It's just, it's just yeah, it's just kind of empty. I, I it's very pretty. You know, not my favorite. Number sixteen for me. Uh, it's number nine for me. Um, I'm generally on board with most of what you other guys have said, uh, except for Brad, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Man, I'm the hater here. I mean, look, love the score, love the title tune. Of the live action we see them Blofelds, uh, yeah, I'll give it to Don Pleasance. Uh, love the look, love the volcano base. I could, I, it's a little stuff I really like. I like, uh, the poison yeah, the, down the, the poison oh, down I the love red. Yeah, I love amazing. that the trap yeah. door when he goes and meets Tanaka, and uh, just even the intro to Japan where you get all the neon signs and that great yeah, that's music. Nice. Yeah. The music is, and, yeah. I, I love that that extra bass to the Bond theme. Ding, like ding, when he's, ding, when he's, ding. Yeah, when he's sneaking in ding, 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 to do the couch fight with that guy later. Yeah, oh, um, I love that. I mean, um, I agree. It's not perfect. That's why it's not number one. But oh, and, oh. I, and I like the femme fatale Helga Brandt. She's, oh, she's fun. Eh, yeah, boring. Yeah. She, she's she's a boring version of Fiona Volpe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll give you that, but I still like looking at her. So <laughs> yeah. can't take that away from you. All right. All right. Number eight is for your eyes only. Okay. All right. We're podcasting through the night. <laughs> John. Yes, we are. Uh, for your eyes only. People like for your eyes only. I, it's 13 for me, and I even feel like that feels a little high. I think the stunt work is fabulous. Uh, to this day, yeah. I think the skiing and the bobsled and all yeah. that is some of the best stunt work. It actually is the best stunt, uh, extended stunt sequence in Bond. Um, I like the locations. Uh, apart from that, um, I just feel like it's a lesser Bond adventure. I remember the time we used to joke that it felt more like Roger Moore doing a Saint movie. <laughs> um, I love the mountain climbing at the end and when yeah. he falls. I mean, that's the signature moment, yep. so that's good. But uh, by and large, it only leaves me leaves me cold. Yeah, okay. But 13. Okay. Hmm. Athena. Interesting. For only is number four for me. Boom. <laughs> 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 
So basically, I think we have one of the best uh, Bond girls with the crossbow. Yeah, um, I just she's like really she's really you know strong and uh, is off doing her own thing and doesn't want Bond to get in her way. But then also we have BB Doll who does bring the movie down some points. Uh, Topol and Julian Glover are just so good. There's just so many good actors in this movie. It, it does have a subpar plot. At, especially at the end, it's like, oh, oh well, that didn't happen, um, which is <laughs> kind of lame. Um, but I love the uh, Citroen car chase yeah. uh, down God, the hills. Great. One of the best all-time car olives, chases. Olive trees. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just some great locations too. Just lots of grease and the rock climbing uh, scene is great and tense. Yeah, yeah it's a tense know. movie. Which it is a tense. It's yeah. a very tense movie. Yeah. 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 Um, I put this at number 10, however, I think I'm probably, I had Moonraker at number 11, and I had this number 10, I think in retrospect I might have to flop them. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot to like here. Uh, it's the most Fleming-esque Moore story, uh, which sees the return of Cold War suspense and character development, which I'm always about. Uh, the disco soundtrack, it's not buried, but that's totally fine, because it's Give me fun. all the disco, please. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun, <laughs> it's energetic, it's never boring. Um, and there are three standout sequences to me that just, just really knock me out every time I see them. The car chase that you mentioned, the keel hauling scene, mm-hmm. so good, and the mountain climbing. Um, they're just, they're all sharply directed and edited. And, and, and I like how they made a point where Bond has to win with his wits and his guts versus just gadgets. I really like that. Um, however, it just kind of feels like a rerun of previous adventures. It doesn't really give us much that's new. It's like recycled plot elements, especially from From Much With Love, with the Lecter. Um, BB Doll, nauseous. She's kind of out of place in an otherwise serious movie. Like, I kind of wish they would have just grabbed that tone of seriousness and just stuck with it instead of kind of... It is interesting to have a Bond girl just be, like, over the top, like, oh, James, oh, whoa, whoa. It's interesting and different, uh, and I don't think as bad as Christmas Jones or, um... You know, some of the, the Bond girls that we get later. Fair enough. It's, it's just the movie, it's like, it's kind of going for this edgy spy thriller. And she kind of throws it out like, oh yeah, it was a Roger Moore James Bond movie. And it's same thing with the parrot at the end. It's just, it's so goofy and silly and just a groan-worthy ending. But, uh, you know, still a very solid spy adventure. Um, clarification, uh, you said uh, mountain climb, car chase. What was the second thing? Keel hauling. What's that? Where they're uh, with the, the sharks and, and they're being pulled behind the boat. Pulled behind oh, the boat. right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, from Living Inside the Book. Yeah, okay. Yes, also good scene. But originally in the Moonraker script. Yeah. Keel Holly they wanted to do it for forever, yeah. Moonraker had more in it. It's like, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That whole sequence, how could you fit that in there? It's like, that to me is very, very scary. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and sure. It's just... Oh, and it's filmed it for real. Adds, yeah, it just adds to the tension and great Bond-esque nature. Oh, the say, shocks have them. Big point. Uh, yes. I love that. I, love I that. also want to say, uh, Roger Moore is starting to show his age, but he looks really good in this one. I yeah, think. he looks solid. He looks great. <laughs> he does. Oh, man, um, the sequence when they're like at dinner tables and they're like listening to each other. To each other. Yeah, that's cool. The, I mean, oh, this, I just, I love this movie. That's a good spice. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, no, I, I, look, this is my gateway drug and I've watched this film probably more than any other because... Wow. I had it on tape, and I didn't have any other Bond movies for a while, so guess what? <laughs> Just watch it every day. <laughs> so I am biased, but it isn't in my top five, amazingly. Um, it used to be. Um, it might climb its way back up there. I don't know, because now we're talking about, like, this is a really good one, damn it. Where'd you put um, it? I put it number seven. Very stripped-down James Bond. Roger Moore uh, proves he can be totally serious and pull it off. Uh, very Fleming-esque, as you say. 
Uh, I yeah, it's disco, but I adore the Bill Conti score. Yeah, um, you don't want it all the time, but right here yeah. I'm good with it. The stunt work, as you say, is fantastic. That mountain climb is great. The ski ski chase is great. Uh, I also, for me personally, that opening bit with the helicopter blows me away. Really, I love that sequence what? to death. It's kind of man. I'm not look. I'm not it's saying okay. it, it, I'm not necessarily saying it's better than the ski chase, but there's something about like. I mean, first, I love the idea that we're finally closing the door in Blofeld. Yeah, I, I love that. And we open with the grave with Tracy. Yes, yes. Yeah. Then we get to the helicopter, and he's going to re- pilot by remote control. Great. Love the villain voice in that. <laughs> great. Yeah. He's got to climb out of the helicopter with a great, the stuntman hanging onto that thing for real, which is pretty well cut with the close-ups of more. Yeah. And then he's got to still, I don't know, the only slight thing is, yeah, the whole delicatessen line makes no sense to me. But other than that, I think that opening is... Smash I it. think that Love helicopter it. thing at the beginning is so cheesy. <laughs> I, I, well, for a fan of the film, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I know. My favorite parts it's of the movie. Really I'm like, I love that movie. I but... wanted the movie to stay in that place. Eh. Oh, I love that. I love it's it so much. Un- not related. I, just... I wanted, you know, it should have been related. Well, well, originally it was designed to introduce a new James Bond. That's why they have Tracy uh, and and Blofeld. Well, it's it's cool that Roger Moore got to do it. And I also like uh, next to Julian Glover. I love the the athletic henchman. I love the tense bit where he's got to outrun him on the skis. Not just the main ski stuff. When he first gets him and he's sitting there and he's trying to get the gun. And he blows the ski pole away. Yeah. And he's got a ski. Oh, I love that bit. And then you get the other part where um, all oh, the creepy all dude with the great. octagonal glasses lock. Yeah. God. Oh. And he gets him with the dove and he kicks the car over. Oh, that's just, that's good stuff. That's that's Roger Moore delivering right there. Okay. And you get the and I even like Hughes like antiquated uh, identigraph scene. <laughs> but I like Hughes lab in that one. I like the the, the umbrella yeah. that comes down with the spikes and all that. Um and Melina, fantastic Bond girl, uh, stunningly beautiful and actually is pretty strong and, and does the cross crossbow. I even like how they kill the black dude when he goes off the diving board and she gets him with the crossbow and they don't know anything. I just <laughs> oh, I'm gonna watch this thing when you guys leave. <laughs> Alright. Anyway. I don't have much to add. It's all been yeah. said. I ranked it 11. I, I like this movie. I, I love Columbo. I think Columbo yeah. is wonderful in this yeah. movie. I think Topol is great. Melina's gorgeous. I think she's really a good actress in the film. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I think she's yeah. legitimately yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the theme song. I think the Fiora oh, yeah. song yeah. is outstanding. I actually think the sequence where they're getting the ATAC when Bond says don't talk and he talks the entire time. Uh, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah, but you I like all your air. I like, yeah. He, he literally says to her, shut up, woman. And then he decides to just tell us things yeah. that we don't need to know. Yeah. But with that said, I like that sequence. I like the other, the bad guy. We have no idea who he is coming after him. I think that's, I, it is a fast sequence. So it's mm-hmm. an underwater sequence that yeah. actually doesn't last that long. Yep. True. And when he kicks that, when he says, you left this with Ferrara, mm-hmm. and he kicks it over, God, yeah. I, I think that's that's strong stuff. Yeah. I think if Fleming were watching that, he would have been, yeah, that's my bond. Yeah. So, yeah. I like 11. Cool. Yeah. What is number seven? Seven. Number Dina, seven. you will start number this one. Number seven. Number seven. Number seven. Mm-hmm. Golden Eye. Oh. All right. Yeah, on his weakness. All right. Lace and leather. <laughs> I love this movie. Rank second. Man, she's going from hero to zero in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, the, the score is lacking, of course. I do love that we have 006 and 007 teaming up. Yeah. Yes, it's unusual. 
uh, for Bond to be teaming up with somebody. Um, and I think that's what makes this movie pretty unique. Q Branch in this movie is extremely funny. Yeah. Um, and the interaction between Q and Bond oh, is perfect. Yeah. Natalia and Boris, their competition with each other uh, is very amusing to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that uh, Bond is, you know, a little cocky, he's sexy, and it being Brosnan's first, uh, I think he just does it so well. Like, it's what I want to see in a Bond film. Yeah. Uh, I give this uh, number three. Um, in my personal favorites, it's probably number two. Um, I, I give it number three for this. Um, for me, it's uh, it's a story that never flags. It sets up one of the best films of the series. He's smart. He's capable. He knows Bond's tricks. He knows about Bond's gadgets. He knows how to deactivate them. He can go mano a mano, toe to toe. Even the minor characters in this movie are memorable. Boris, Arumov, M, Zukovsky, all of them have very little screen time. But man, do they make an impact. It's like the opposite of Thunderball, where there's all these characters and like, who are they? What do they do? Man, everyone here. And and I love how they even go through the pains to show you how the villains feel about each other. Like when Xenia Autop just mows down people, we pan over and see a room up just looking like, who the hell am I with here? You know, those little moments. Or or, or when um, Natalia smacks Boris and then we cut over to 006 and he's just kind of smirking. Those little beats, they add a lot of character and flavor to the movie. It just makes them feel very vibrant. Um, this, fil this film brings back three things that were really missing from the Dalton films. Sexiness humor, and gorgeous cinematography. This movie is really well shot. Like, if you watch it again and you really look at it, it's, it's, I think it's the, in my opinion, to my eye, it's the second best looking movie after maybe Skyfall. Pierce Brosnan, man, right off the bat. You just, like, he was born to play this role, man. Uh, he, and he has an intensity in this movie that's just missing from his later films I really like. Uh, Welcome Return of the Aston Martin DB5, which we hadn't seen 30 years before this point. Um, weak, weak points. Yeah, weak score. It's admittedly lame how the BMW Z3 gadgets, they're set up and then never paid off. It's such a cocktease of a car. Um, although it's a very but pretty car. we get an awesome tank chase. Yeah, the tank chase is great. Um, super confusing. This beginning subplot with 006 and how he's turned and his mock death, it's never really explained. And I have a lot of questions for that, but I kind of, I kind of brush it under the rug because I love this movie so much. However, I have a feeling Bob's not going to do the same. Bob, what do you think? Here, why it's seven. <laughs> You're damn right. Okay, where'd you put it? Number 21. Ooh. 21? You're wrong. <sighs> Man. And I thought the same thing when you spoke. So, Man. So, I got nothing. All right, let's hear your pack of lies. My pack of lies. Your alternative facts. Yeah, let's hear them. My alternative <laughs> Wow. The pitchforks are out. Yeah. I'm going to go home with my living daylight, you guys. <laughs> um, this is James Bond for the 90s, for better or for worse. Um, Brazen isn't a bad Bond in this film, but I find him rather generic. He is a picture-perfect Bond. You take any frame of this movie, and yeah, it's shot well, I'll give you that. Um, he looks great. But I find it bland. He's, yeah. He doesn't seem to get any personality till later. And he's and there's something about his delivery in this thing that always threw me. He didn't even say... He, look, I'm used to the way he sounds in Remington Steel. Yeah. Here he sounded, I don't know, like a little lethargic and slow at times. Not all the time. But there were times he's delivering lines where we're like, ah. It's measured. Measured, measured and thoughtful measured, and intelligent. Too measured, yeah. Charming. Everything I want from Bond. Um, and yeah, sure, Brad. And the thing is... <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I don't see Bond teaming up often with other double O's. So the whole idea they're playing him like a very, you know, Man from Uncle I Spy thing to me was not James Bond. Uh, though I like the idea of an alternate Bond, another double O, being a bad guy who can out, you know, he knows all the Bond's tricks. Yeah. But to me, this was done more interestingly in Skyfall than it was here. Okay. Mm. Um, then you also get, uh, yeah, ter- terrible music score, we've said that. Uh, decent title tune, it's okay. Um, sorry, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Martin Campbell does do a fine job directing. I've no, I've no problem with that. Um, the women are hot, but whatever. <laughs> and um, look, my 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 main issue is to me uh, pacing. There's a lot of parts of this film to me that feel like they just kind of grind to a halt. To as you say, like the attack on the base uh, with uh, the whole setup on Natalia and Boris. To me, is like I don't know, I'm bored. And then like you get the whole mm. thing, you get the whole confusing thing. Yeah, with 006, how does he fake out his death? What is the role Ormov has? How did he fake the general's like face? Did he roll in hand that when shit? did when did 006 turn? Yeah. yeah. When did he turn? How is that? Why did up? he not leave? Sure, all of that stuff. There's, I mean, it's it doesn't make sense to me, and I, that stuff really keeps me from enjoying the movie. Yeah. Uh, you also have some stunts that I don't care for. Um, I mean, look, as a stunt, the bungee jump it looks great. Kudos to the guy that did it. Makes no goddamn sense. Why would he do that? Because it's cool. Because he's being sneaky. Because so he's are we James Bond. That 006 sneaky did the and same fast. Thing to get it? Right? Did 006 do the same thing? Why would James Bond like risk death? Why wouldn't he scale down that thing? Is there another way? It, 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 Not fast. Not fat. Well, why? Do you, okay, then why do you have to be fast? He can because put a roller there's, there's, there's guards. There's guards and stuff. I didn't see any guards. Yeah, man. Where? Well, uh, okay. There was a lead scene where Bond has to sneak pack yeah, guards. Yeah, he knocked before. him out. Oh, okay. And so thus, guard is no longer a problem. It's cool. Just get over it. All right. Well, anyway. Then <laughs> we get to the, he uses then to, get to the, attach Then we get to the ridiculous plane sequence where he catches up to a plane and he skydives Oh, it's aerodynamics. Yeah, right. He's James Bond. He's aerodynamics. Sure. Hey, but weren't you nervous? <laughs> Was I nervous? No, yeah. I was laughing in embarrassment when I watched that scene. I, I did think it was a little ridiculous, yes. But, like, that's what I like about certain Bond movies. I want that little bit over the top. Yeah, a like little bit. Possible, okay. Yeah. Okay. Bond can do it. I yeah. will take a hovercraft gondola any day over catching up, <laughs> skydiving to a plane he has no prayer of catching up to. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> got him on a rant. Oh my god! J- and, and, and Jack Wade was a poor man's Felix Lighter. That was terrible. Yeah. Whole, Jack whole... Wade's kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah. That, whole, that whole thing. Yeah, I, like Jack Wade. I don't know. He's like, Did... look at my Muffy tattoo or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, that and like the what was it the oh and then meeting what's his name oh you're you're talking about the, all these other characters. My problem with guys like you know Ormov or Boris, they're in and out and they don't really seem to. I mean, you know, Boris is memorable for like bad comic relief. Jack Wade, bad comic relief. Ormov, oh, what the hell oh, is he I doing? Think Boris is. Like, it's just like I don't know. I think they Boris do is a, a really lot. Good character. I love the sequence scene with the pen. Okay, you the got pen. the pen. I sure. like the idea that unlike, let's say, Moonraker, where it's a bad industrialist who just has his world as control. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that I don't think we really see any other movies that these villains are like a bunch of weirdos. All kind of yeah. stuck together because they need each other for little sure. bits of this plan, yeah, right. but they don't really like each other. Okay. And and and, and, and this union could fall apart at any moment. Mm-hmm. It's interesting flavor to the bad guys that we don't really. Yeah, get everyone before. has their own you know path that they're going. Yeah. I mean, why why didn't Charlie and Boris have that? Well, I got to be better than that person. I mean, yeah. you have coworker problems. You know, well, yeah. I'm gonna climb the ladder. <laughs> yeah. You can't be as good as me. Yeah. Like I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's too pinky in the brain to something. <laughs> okay, it just doesn't work. And then you get, like, the whole thing with the password chair. It's very simple. It wasn't even that clever. It's it just, like, the whole film to me felt like... It would if it, it was Russian be better and you had to was. think of English. It just wasn't... Mm. 
delivering for me in so many ways, you know. So you like, basically don't think GoldenEye was on the top of things. Ah. <laughs> no, I, I, have, I, have, I have, but I will say stylistically, you know, it probably had the most flair over all the other Boston movies. Okay. I'll give you that much. All right. Ryan, what do you think of GoldenEye? I gave it a four. I love GoldenEye. You know, whereas I thought License to Kill was sort of bland and looking, this is bright, it's colorful, Color, yeah. it's gorgeous. <laughs> I think Brosnan is so happy to be playing Bond, yeah. finally. Yes. I think he's great. I think his scenes with On the Top are, are fun. I think it's great when he's in the when he's in the spa scene and he's mm-hmm. they're, they're throwing each other against it. Uh, it's, like it's, I said, it brought the sexy back. Yeah, it's a, it is a sexy film. I, I The tank scene is... I, I remember seeing this for the first night, opening night, and the entire audience got up and started cheering. I yeah. mean, it, it's a it's a great sequence. I love the Tina Turner song. I lo- I, I, I happen to love Tina Turner, so it, it's, sure. it's very it's, Shirley, I think it's Shirley Bassey. Shirley Bassey. Yeah. It's it's bold. It's fun. I, I I like the I like the the title sequence. I think that's great. Yeah, the the whole beginning sequence is really confusing when you when you bring in this has already been brought up, but when it's when it's put into the hole, it kind of makes no sense. And also, the movie sort of erases Timothy Dalton. <laughs> yes, yes. Right? and I, I actually That's have a, wonderful. I, oh, I, this no, is why Bob. I, have, I, have a, I have a real problem with that. I have a real problem with that. To me, that why do you think I, I, I think it's Dalton? I think it's done intentionally because I, it because of when those pre titles are set. If you do the math, it's, it's set, 1986. 1986. Yeah, it jumps oh, right yeah. before Dalton. Okay. So yeah. I think I think that. That's kind of shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you had to have a time shift in terms of going well, bad. Well, it's about Russia. It was right. that it had right. to be right. Soviet Union versus yeah. today. But but, but, you know, but the idea that they specifically went 1986 or 1985 or it sends um, that message of, hey, forget about those Dalton movies. We're moving on. The guy, the guy we always wanted to begin with. Yeah. yeah, it definitely does it. Yeah. I like... I like I, M- like I like the M scenes with him. She only really has one scene. Yeah, establishes she, it right she, away. She calls him out. And it's what everybody had been talking about with Bond. Literally, everyone said this was a $50 million mistake. And she just calls him out and says, you're a dinosaur. I don't think you're right for this. You don't belong to be a spy anymore. But let's see what you can do and come yeah. back alive. As I've said before, I think she's great. I think she's just, I think she's good for One the One of the series. best best casting decisions the series ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's really about it. I think it's a pretty, pretty solid film. Okay. Uh, I have it at number 11, even though I like it a lot more than that, but kind of in the breakdown, that's right. where, it, where it fell. I, I, it's my favorite Brosnan movie. I love Pierce in it. I think out of the gate, he's great. I love the locations. The idea of finally Bond goes to Russia. The Bond girls are both dynamite. I think what happened, why it drops for me is kind of when you get into the elements, the music is really sort of weak and a fatal flaw. Mm. I also find kind of the story structure is kind of crazy there. You get kind of in the middle of the movie and they sort of stop and they set up the entire movie. It's like you've got the cue scene at the hour point. Yeah. And I just feel like you go through this big, giant middle setup to then get to the last half of the movie, which spends two scenes talking about a plan that never happens anyways. But then once they get back to Bond and the bad guy, it gets back. So structurally, it's a little tricky. Hmm. So I had to drop it for that. And the villain, I'm not crazy about the villain. But everything else I'm crazy about. I think it's a... I remember... Back in the day when I saw it, I thought, we are back on track. It yeah. felt like the world of Bond. Yeah. I think Pyrrhus was great. And, you know, each of these individual things. And it looked finally like a contemporary yeah. movie. And yep. the tank chase, home run. Action and stunts, 10 for the tank chase. There's, so there's... it's I, uh, I, I love Goldeneye. 
the, t- talking about like like kind of like the fact that it's you know the nineties. I kind of I kind of appreciate this movie also just because it's kind of this weird middle ground between the new Bond movies and the old ones. Yeah. They were still using those old classic sound effects and still yeah. using like lots of miniatures. Yeah, yet. they oh, really yeah. weren't using CGI. Yeah. I kind of like that interesting mix uh-huh. this movie has. Yeah. I, it gives it an interesting, unique flavor. Yeah. I really I enjoy. Their fist fight at the end was great. Was great. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, and they're yeah. the yeah. actors doing it. There are no guns. They're just they're just beating the crap yeah. out. And, and it's the actors, not. And, people, and frankly, yeah. Trevelyan is probably stronger than him in the scene. If you're really watching it, he's doing better. He gets Bond gets lucky really at the end, and uh, I think it's great. I, I like that. I, it's from it's Russia the, with Love. It's it absolutely reminded me of From Russia with Love. It's the only Brosnan movie that ends as strong as it begins. Yeah, I think in my yeah, opinion. and I mean, yeah. he's definitely in competition with Bond, and probably has felt that way when he was working with him too. I mean, yeah, totally. He even says to him, "I was always better than you," or something. Yeah, like that. and yeah. even the sequence when he's like, you know, she tastes like strawberries. It's like, right. see, I got your woman. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Actually, that is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Let's go on to number six. Let the sky fall. Oh wow, Ooh, six. six. That's pretty high. That's Man, there's going to be a lot of people who are not happy low. with that. Really? Yeah. Man, I think there's a lot of fans out there who are going to be like, really, high. six? Woof. Okay, but um, I I really do like this movie. It's all how it looks. It's stunning photography. Every frame is a painting. It's the best lensed movie of the whole series. Um, it's terrific acting by just a stellar cast with a really good actor's director. Um, solid introductions to the new MA6 crew of Q, M, and Moneypenny. Silva is one of the creepiest and he's the most fascinating villains we've had. It's the be- it's, it's, it's simple yet emotional through line between M and Bond that runs through the movie, and that's what makes it satisfying. Is that, is that you know, if you, if you chart Bond and M's course, they're... They're together and they're not, and they're and they're at odds and they're not, and they're finally together, and then she dies, and it's just a dynamite ending. Um, best title sequence of the series, love it, absolute work of art. Um, and the music by Adele, this one deserved the Oscar and every inch of it. Um, I think it's the best song that we've had in the past 30 years. Uh, and uh, unlike Spectre, this film treats Bond's backstory with just utter respect. If you want to dig into your the background of a heroic character. Just you, you hint at it, and you show the grave, and you show the gun, and and you just you get everything you need to know. Um, it plays with fire, and it gets away with it by doing that. Um, the big negative, man, this is just huge plot holes throughout. This is a movie where if you stop and think about anything, nothing makes sense. Especially all the hoops that Silva goes to basically just meet M when he could have just met M by just going into M's house, which Bond was able to get in no problem. It just, it seems weird, all the machinations he was able to do and how he was able to do it. Just a lot of things, like every five minutes something happens, you're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. It's also kind of weird that this, you know, this rebooted young Craig Bond is now this kind of old weathered guy. It's just, it's kind of weird that he's old and played out after only like yeah. just starting basically, which is sort of weird. But man, it's, it's just such a gorgeous movie. If I just turn off my brain, I enjoy the hell out of it. So I put it at number eight. Uh, my favorite, Craig. Uh, I ended up rated number four. Uh, agreed. Beautiful movie. I actually really enjoy the music score by Thomas Newman. It's a little different, more experimental. Um, but I like it. it. It really grew on me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not your typical David Arnold stuff. And I think you have to shake it up like that once in a while. Yeah. Uh, Del theme is great. I think Craig is fantastic here. Um, I mean, I suppose you could argue there's, there's plot holes. I've, I've always thought it worked in my head, but I didn't sit there and do a, a plot thing. Maybe like you... You forgive Goldeneye for its plot problems. I forgive Skyfall for its plot problems because I think thematically it always works really well in terms of the history of Bond. It, it honors the fiftieth very well without going kitchen sink like Die Another Day did. Mm. This to me, 
justifies keeping Judy Dench around for several movies where I thought they should have recast her. Um, because it's it's a great send-off for this M. It's an interesting changeover. We get Bond coming into his own. We get the return of like a classic M. And we get Money Penny. We get Q. And Q's great in this movie. Uh, we get a stripped-down Bond again. We get the hinge with just a gun and a radio and all that stuff. It's great. We get kind of all these interesting inversions of the Bond formula. You know, the, the villain's lair is in the middle of the film, and it's this decrepit, you know, city that is abandoned. At the end, he's not at the villain's lair. We're at Bond's lair. We're hmm. at the place where he grew up. Hmm. And then we have all these other inversions where, like, you actually have M and Moneypenny in a gunfight with Bond, which you would never have in a traditional Bond movie. And then you also have the whole, well, I mean, this is me going on about my I Spy rant, but you have <laughs> that you have this whole I Spy thing going on, too, where, like, Kelly Robinson and I Spy, there's a crucial episode where, yeah, just like Bond, he's messed up. And they don't want to send him on a mission, but they're going to do it anyway, just to see if he can prove himself like Man with the Golden Gun. Or, at the very end, the whole third act is basically Home to Judgment. Yeah. Where Kelly goes back to his homestead, and he had, he's there with uh, his uh, aunt and uncle, and all they have is, like, one gun and a bunch of homemade bombs and stuff. And they have to defend against this faceless group of bad guys who are going to come get them. And uh, it's done just as well here. It's amazing how you, you take that structure. I'd convince the screenwriter to do that, but whatever. If he didn't, he didn't. But you take that same structure, and it still works really well here. And then you have the idea that M dies, but yet it's also this kind of rebirth for Bond and yeah. for the whole franchise in a way. Yeah, you yeah. feel at the end of this movie like you really went on a journey. Yeah, which, which I can't say about most of the Bond movies. Yeah, like I really, you really feel like emotionally you went somewhere. Yeah. My problem is that it's all the story was written with the emotional arc in mind, which totally works. But if you stop for one second and think about anything that's happening, mm-hmm. oof. Um, I, I love the uh, relationship with the new Q. I think Q was written better here than he was Inspector. Um, it's a good twist too, making yeah. him a young guy. Making him a young guy. It's still techno. Works. Yeah. And there is that theme here of our double O's played out and everything. And again, it's played out much better here, I think, than Inspector. Yeah. And um, if you think about it, technically, Money Penny is the Bond girl of the movie. I mean, she technically fulfills that part, and it's ambiguous enough to think. It oh, they the money, the Bond girl of the movie. And, well, M's the victim. Yeah, and M, M, M is the plot. She is the thing so that me, everyone's going the at. The golden Penny, eye. And Money Penny is that, and in a warped version of Bond is the villain. Yeah, and to me, it's the it's the ultimate weird mirror image of the traditional Bond formula. Okay, so you like and, that it huh. shakes it up. I like that it shakes it up. It's it's almost it's playing with the pieces the in an interesting well, yeah. way and makes it work. If you'd done this in a different way, if you'd done it in the '90s, I think it would have failed. Hmm. Um, and that's why I look at like these sort of proto versions, like World Is Not Enough, and having you know, uh, or I'm sorry, Goldeneye with having a warped Bond as your as your bad guy, and World Is Not Enough with having this through line with M and the, the sort of personal story yeah anyways i really like it i i gave it a four you just to clarify you feel like this took those little elements that were trying to get in goldeneye and wilson up and kind of perfected it finally yes. okay yes fair enough yes. all right ryan i ranked it seven i think the script you know is sloppy a lot of the time but when it works i think it works really that's well. a good word for it sloppy so, when yeah. uh m is testifying well so when bond is is finding silva trying to chase him around and and M is giving her speech um, from 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 a poem. I I love all that. I think it's sort of a a look at what we are in society. People just walking in and shooting people. I mean, it, it's I think it says a lot. I think Silva's opening is outstanding. He's standing far back and he's walking. Oh yeah, he's that long He's telling take. about the rats and yeah. And then and, and then he just screws with Bond. And the wonderful thing is he's. He's really trying to get Bond out of his element, and Bond just plays along with it. He, yeah. he says something like, "Well, you know, maybe I have done that or something like yeah. that." And I Who love says that. It's my first time. Yeah, well, yeah. And I kind of find it a sexy scene. I think it's a weirdly yeah, it sexy yeah. scene. 
Um, I, you know, there's really no leading. I, I, I get, I get Judy Dench is really the leading lady, and that that Money Penny kind of is. But there really is no leading lady in this. She's killed pretty quickly in the film. I kind of have a problem with that. I want Bond to have somebody throughout the film. There really isn't that. I'm not a real fan of the ending, all that much. I, you know, I get going back to his house. I don't always need to know so much about Bond, and this movie obviously does a lot of that. I think it does it well. I personally don't need to always know that. So it's it's Dench's best performance in, in the series, I think. She mm. delivers it well. She's given the most you know, to do, too. Yeah, you know, he cries when allegedly when she's dying, yeah. when she dies, and I think that's I think that's strong. So number seven. Yeah. Uh, I ranked it number four. Wow. And it could be higher. It could easily be my favorite James Bond movie. I think it's a masterpiece. Whoa. It's such a masterpiece. It's the Bond movie that after I saw it, I said, I'm done. I'm done with James Bond movies because you got there. Whatever we were trying to do, you <laughs> got there. You brought me to this place. I feel like it's such a unique movie. I don't see any plot holes in it whatsoever. And that's because after, we, after the pre-title sequence, the whole movie feels like a dream. A dream of James Bond, a perfect British reckoning of who James Bond is, his masculinity, the ultimate villain, the best villain we've had for a long time, yeah. and ultimately his childhood and, and Judy Dench. It feels like a complex, interesting psychological movie with all the correct Bond elements playing out yep. in the right measure. Yep. The only reason in my ranking here it's four is that Bond Girl is one of my criteria. So ah. I gave the Bond Girl six, Severin. She shows up. She's iconically a Bond Girl. She's, she's a damaged she's, she's kind of a sacrificial lamb, though. Sacrificial, yeah. yeah. So she plays her part in, in, in the James Bond psychodrama, but it's a very expendable and quick, quick part. So right. she isn't quite the Bond Girl that you, you have in Vesper or, or other characters. So that's why it's four for me. But I think Skyfall is a sort of perfection of James Bondness that... Um, right is amazing. On, on the ride home, I will fill you in on these plot holes. I don't want to hear it. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. No plot holes. Fair enough. I, I want to remain in my <laughs> I know there's the argument that Bond constantly fails in this movie, and I think that's half the point, though. Yeah. That this is a Bond who's damaged and he's trying to... And he ultimately fails yeah. his mission. Yeah. Basically. Well, weird. I mean, yes and no, but I know exactly what you're saying. And the thing that, okay, small point, we get the return of the padded door, and that gave me a biggest win. Oh, yeah, that, that ending. was great. Well, that's it. That, when the, that yeah. ending, you brought me now back yeah. to the place that I started, yeah. and I'm done. Real <laughs> Or are you just beginning, you know? Right, yeah, it yeah. kind of leaves right. you right there. It's, it's a perfect little and inner journey. I really liked uh, Severine. She, um, I mean, to me, yeah, she's secondary Bond girl to me, but still, I thought, A, beautiful, and B, I really like the weird kind of relationship she had briefly with Bond where she's you know setting them up the casino and yeah yeah and I just thought it was both. too short that just real quick the fight sequence where uh, where the assassination happens and all of that where they're fighting and you can almost not tell who they yeah, are yeah. Oh, brilliant sometimes the music is phenomenal in that yeah. sequence because the music is pushing the action the action is pushing the music at the same time yeah oh I think it's I think it's gorgeous this is a movie that has it's oh. not it's not like Tomorrow Never Dies was just always at 10 it, it, it has peaks and valleys and yeah. it slows it down yeah. and it goes fast right yeah. where it needs to go a yeah. scorpion on his hand when he's drinking and all that at the beginning oh, it's just oh. every moment yeah it's just it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's nail it um, right the top five my ranking on this is number 14. Ooh. Oh. Um, I definitely have issues with the convoluted plot. Uh, on first viewing, I do. I think it's amazing, and initially seeing it, it is so high up there. But watching it 
you know, again, and analyzing it, it's just, it's so convoluted, it's so twisted, and I do see many uh, uh, plot holes in it, and I'm most annoyed um, because M is a meddling menace, and she causes so many problems <laughs> at the start of that movie that would not be a problem if she just left Bond alone and let him do his damn job. I'm so annoyed by Judy Dench as M throughout her whole tenure as M because of just how she interjects herself into Bond's world, you know. Literally not, talking not, here. Not being, ear. yeah, like... He's your agent. You've trusted him to do stuff. Like, go away. Send him on his mission and go away. Right. <laughs> like, that yeah. is a big negative to me. I do think that it's an interesting Money Penny origin uh, story that we get uh, in Skyfall. Definitely the introduction of Silva is amazing, and he is one of the creepiest Bond villains. So creepy. So creepy. And his attack on Skyfall at the end, I love the kind of Home Alone-esque uh, <laughs> adventure that we yeah. get put I into don't. there. <laughs> um, I do really like Severin as the Bond girl um, and Q's relationship with Bond that uh, we, we get with our new Q. Um, and the elaborate sets of the locations with the casino and the island yeah. uh, and that assassination sequence uh, with all the lights and colors. Mm -hmm. It's just gorgeous. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. We are moving on to our top five. five. Number five. From Russia with love. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. This one usually hits my top five, uh, but right now it's at number six for me. This is uh, an excellent James Bond film. It is a good adaption of the source novel. I think Connery is in top form. This might be my favorite performance of Sean Connery. Definitely more of a spy thriller than an action film, but it really delivers. Uh, first, in one of the best John Barry scores, uh, has a classic train fight with Red Grant, which is full of tension. We get the introduction of a proper cue. We technically have him, but you know, uh, doesn't Yeah, matter. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we have some really interesting villains with Colonel Club and Red Grant. Red yeah, Grant's totally. Very formidable henchman. With uh, the Garat watch, which is great, and uh, Cleb, the way she uh, she works, Tatiana Romanova, yeah, and uh, it's this whole twisted Spectre plot, pretending to be you know Smirsh and you know uh, convince Bond to steal Electra. I mean, it's really great stuff, and I love Kareem Bay. I think he's such a character. Love the briefcase with all the cool gadgets, and of course, uh, which ends up saving Bond's life. And uh, yeah, and, and another film where Bond bags like four women. So, I mean, it's got pretty much something for everybody. It's it's really strong, and for a film from '63, it feels extremely yeah. modern. Yeah, hasn't aged yeah. that yeah. that much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Oh, and, and another wonderful creepy blowfell that we never see, but here, and I, I, yeah, I always like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I really great solid Bond film. So I ranked it number six as well. This is this is also kind of a weird sex movie. <laughs> there's there's bondage there there's there's taping of people having sex uh, yeah, there's yeah. there's yeah. there's there's this weird sort of thing with Grant and him yeah, you crawl over here and kiss my foot mm -hmm. it's just the whole thing is sexual and mm -hmm. I love it I mm -hmm. think it's great mm -hmm. I think Connery is phenomenal it's got arguably the best fight sequence in any Bond film I mean they are they are maybe said, in history they are they are kicking the hell out of each other the sound is great when yeah. he breaks the window the sound is out I. Uh, I love Karen Bay as well. I think it's a really sad scene when he's dead. Yeah. Bond kind of takes a short moment to just let himself yep. have that. Yep. Tatiana Romanova, I find her gorgeous. I find her stunningly beautiful. The the sequence where he sh where the guy is trying to get out of the woman's mouth, and uh, and and Karen Bay has to shoot him. I love that scene. Mm -hmm. I think that's I think that's it's shot well. 
A couple things I don't like. I think the gypsy fight sequence is, is unnecessary. I think it goes on a little. I don't, it, it's not. It's not a needed scene. Again, I enjoy it's, it. again, it's well, it's part of the the sexiness of the film is these two women going at it. It's a catalog um, fetish. It's a fetish film. It's a fetish film. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Interesting. Um, but, I did but, an essay on it. Yeah, he did. He did. Many essays. He okay. Did. Uh, so I think the movie does drag a little bit. I could have used a little more humor. I, I think it really holds up today, uh, like it's been said. So, there you go. Uh, seven for me. Uh, it's, a, it's a great movie. It's a, it's a classic movie. I think it would, even if there wasn't a Bond series, it would be considered a classic movie. I think it's Dynamite. Seven. Cool. Um, First with Love is number nine for me. Uh, mostly because there's no really elaborate sets and nothing's really over the top, and I like that stuff. It's a good good spy story. We have a good Bond girl. Uh, I like, you know, Rosa Klebb's shoe, for example, oh, yeah, and yeah. the Red Grant fight, and locations in Istanbul are, are gorgeous, and Connery's hot, and <laughs> I don't necessarily think he's that hot, usually. But yeah, it's just, you know, it's a good spy story, but nothing, I don't see it as anything more than that. Okay. Um, to me, this, I, I put it, I'll split it at number six. Uh, to me, this is the best representation of everything that made Ian Fleming's stories great. Dripping with suspense and intrigue and cloak and dagger danger around every corner. Uh, the train fight scene, it, it's never been topped. It's one of history's best fight scenes, and it was so far ahead of its time at how it was shot and edited. Most movies at this time, you had a fight scene. It'd be, it'd be like watching a stage fight. It'd be like a long, not much cuts. The camera would be wide and far away and just be kind of punk. Punk, punk, and man, this is just so visceral. And it does feature what I love about the the gadgets, where he he has to use his wits to get to his gadget, and then he wins with the gadget. Yeah, that's love it. Yep. Um, my negatives, yeah, it, it's got some pacing problems. It takes a long time to get going, and I understand they have to put all those chess pieces on the board before anything can happen. Right. But man, you really have to wait a long time before anything really exciting happens, and Bond gets in the action. The third act, it just kind of falls apart. It's kind of what I think you guys complete with Octopussy, Ryan. Uh, it just, it feels like they're stringing together like four minor action sequences together instead of making one epic action sequence. Right. It's like you have the thing with the, the boat and this thing with the helicopter and, and the fight with Rosa Clev and then it's just it just kind of, it ends out of nowhere. It, it's just I don't know, not not the best pacing, but still really strong movie. Number six for me. All right, we're ready for. Number four. Number four is Goldfinger. Really? Amazing. I have Goldfinger as number two. Wow. I think Connery is at his best. I think it's I, the opening sequence is outstanding. I think it's I, I, you know he comes out of the water and now he's it now he's in a tuxedo. He puts in the 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 rose. <laughs> I that is that's just it's, it has nothing to do with the rest of the film. It's just a ridiculous little sequence and it's wonderful. This is this is the touch point for for virtually every Bond film moving forward. It, it it's a paint by numbers film of what could be done move, for the rest of the movies. The villain is great. He's so much fun to watch. When yeah. they're again, they're drinking mint julep tea together. Yeah. And it's it's great. And Bond's just figuring it out as he goes. I love, love that scene. I think Pussy Galore. I love the name. I love her. <laughs> I I it's a ridiculous, silly plot that's just like I, I, I love everything about this film. I the gold is piled on top of each other, which you would never do, but it's wonderful. I the Aston Martin is is terrific. It, it's 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 a humorous film. He's Connery's having a great time. The car crunching scene is useless. You don't need it. it it's overly long. I get it was a big deal because that was a, a nice car. 
Um, you know, there's, there is the moment that we all kind of know is the, the bad guy telling everybody what, what, what his plan is and then killing them all. It was like, well, you didn't really need to do that, but we needed to know what the plot was, so... You built that and, whole setup. Yeah, well, am I going to build <laughs> gotta, it? I might as well do something. Yeah, exactly. Right. And there's a moment, and it's just a silly small moment, I'll be really quick about this, but where, where Bond is in the cell and he's pacing, and he turns to the guard and he winks at him. And it's and smiles and it's this weird kind of mischievous smile and I love it because that's yeah. just that is it feels to me that's Connery saying that I love this right now yeah. I am having a great time he has a roll in the hay literally a roll in the hay with the uh, with with Pussy Galore I Odd Job the fight with Odd Job is great I I ugh, I love this movie I absolutely love this movie I'm done. <laughs> uh, Goldfinger. I actually rank it number eight. Oh! I think. Goldfinger, <laughs> Sorry, I'm I think Goldfinger's a little overrated. Uh, it's, oh. The Emperor has no clothes. Now there are yeah, elements okay. though that are dynamite. Great music, pre-title oh, yeah, sequence, score. fantastic. The villain's plot, fantastic. It improves on the book. Um, I don't think Connery is at his best in it. I don't. I like him in From Russia with Love, even Doctor No better. I feel like he's playing a Britishman. He's actually giving a performance, and I feel like it takes a little something off. I don't love him in Goldfinger. I do love, though, that Goldfinger just ties into British pop culture in this really interesting way, and I think that's what kicked up the Bond world. But I think the reason that it dropped in my criteria, I have emotional engagement. Yeah. Goldfinger is a blast. I don't think you're that involved with Goldfinger. I think emotionally. Can, I, emotionally. Yeah. I think you can turn it off on any time. I don't think you're really yeah. involved in it as a movie. Mm-hmm. But as a, as a Bond movie, it's fun. So it's number eight. It's not in my top five. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, Goldfinger is also not in my top five. Uh, it is number six here. I do feel that it is a little overrated for a Bond film, but it gives you all the elements that you want to see in a Bond film. Ryan is um, having a heart attack. And so in that sense, it is a good Bond film. Um, it has your automated and elaborate sets. Uh, Odd Job is a great, yeah. uh, Odd Job is great. henchman. Um, Another ten. <laughs> yeah, um, the plane sequence at the end, I really enjoy. Yeah, and, and the yeah, and he gets sucked out the window. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty great. Um, <laughs> being Just covered in gold to die. And... One quick thing before I forget, it made golf exciting for me. <laughs> 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 I think the golf sequence is great. Oh, Sorry, yeah. I just wanted to say that. Oh, right golf! Before. They don't do that much in the Daniel Craig movies. You don't see Daniel uh, Craig. You know. I see. No, I see what you mean. Um, I put this at number five. Um, I agree. This used to be my favorite. Um, but over time, it's kind of dropped down. Um, but man, every single scene in this movie is memorable. Every single minute of runtime, I, I can see with the crushing the cars. But for the most part, at least it's memorable for a lot of people. For car guys, it's it's sure. pretty memorable. It's the best villain and the best villainous scheme of the entire mo- of the entire series, in my mm-hmm. opinion. He is so good, and his plot is so clever, yeah. so interesting. You think it's one thing, and it's actually something else. It's an improvement on the Ian Fleming book, I think. Um, in fact, a lot of times when people say, ah, books are always better than the movies. I point to this movie. This movie better is than better book. than the book. Yeah, it improves upon the book in every way. Just This this really added flair, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word. This is to, to the series, which was a great like spy series, but this made it a super spy series. You know, It just put on our level. Memorable music, Dame Shirley Bassey, knock, singing her brains out, knocking it out of the park. Um, I, I agree with John that there's not much emotional draw to it. But because the movie is so short at 90 minutes, I can go on a thrill ride for 90 minutes and just be thrilled, and I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, the Aston Martin DB5, it's just 
such an impact. Um, you know, the Bond car it appeared in seven movies. I mean, it's great. Um, my big problem is that Bond is mostly an inactive passenger for most of the story. He's just kind of along for the ride. He's not really impacting the plot. He might try, but usually it doesn't really matter if, like, you actually look at the plot and what he does and what happens. He doesn't really do much. Really, at the last, like, the whole last half of the movie, the only thing he does is turn Pussy Galore to his side. That's it, you know? And he doesn't even stop the bomb at the end. I mean, he does, and yeah, he, I guess he opens the case, but, you know. I, man, the blatant sexism throughout. Like, look, I know it was the times, but, man, from a modern perspective, it's pretty tough to watch him slapping Dink's ass and saying man talk and near-raping Pussy Galore. It's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it just hasn't aged the best, especially for, like, a, a you know, modern female audience. This would not be the one I would, you know, put in front of them. But still, it's a really fun ride. I don't know if I have anything more to say uh, beyond all the gushing. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's my number one. So. Number one? Is this, I think this is the first number one that we've revealed it is, so far. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, look, it's a classic for a reason. It defined the Bond formula, as you say. It kicked it to Super Spidem. Um, I think we would not have the Bond series we have today without this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, everything is great. I just think it got the alchemy right. Yeah. And it's so hard to get it right. I feel like in many ways they've been chasing getting another Goldfinger ever since Goldfinger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, and, and of course, uh, John Barry's fantastic score. and It still works as a perfectly good intro film if you want to show people a good Bond movie. Mm-hmm. There are other choices, too. I mean, if you feel, oh, it's a little too dated and you want to get a 70s one or a modern one, fine. But it's an easy choice. I think it still plays very well today. And remember, uh, I didn't like Sean Connery from Dr. No. This is what turned me around on Sean Connery. Okay. Maybe go, oh, all right, this guy's all right. Yeah. Yeah, so... Cool. And you know, it is the film they should be chasing, but they always reference from Russia with Love as being right. the prototype, and they're wrong. It's Goldfinger. Yeah, oh, it absolutely. Mm. There's, and I think that's been part of the problem. The Brosnan era got tripped up, and you know, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna make another one like From Russia with Love." It's like, "Hey, Goldfinger, Goldfinger yeah. was the one that yep. set the set the standard." Yeah. Okay, number three is. We have all the time oh, in the world all right. to talk about Under Majesty's Secret Service. And because we have a tie, what? you know my name, Casino Royale. What? Really? Oh, wow. Whoa. Wow. Oh, my gosh, Holy guys. We know what number it. one is. <laughs> wow. We know what number one is. That's amazing. Wow. Now, now, okay. Wow. John, go ahead. Um, so, I, Casino. I mean, sorry. Uh, uh, sorry Secret Service is my number three. Wow. And what can you say? I love Honor Majesty's Secret Service. I think it is, first of all, on an emotional level, it you absolutely go through the looking glass with that movie. It is a real movie. You yep. become deeply involved. I think it's terrific on every level. If it has a level that, it, that it's weak on, it's that it's George Lazenby. But we've all come to love Lazenby, and now I really like that it's a completely unfamiliar person in yeah. this very special, beautiful adaptation of one of Fleming's great books, because he almost plays the Bond of the books in that the sense that it's an anonymous person. Yeah. So in a weird mm. way, George and Lazenby, you always think, oh, if Connery was in it, it would be tremendous. But now I'm like, I almost like that it's an unknown person. If this was the only Bond movie made... It would be enough. I don't think Connery would have been human enough. I don't, I, I think he would have been too slick and cool and yeah. And, I, I, and the and loof. It's, it's, and it's almost just you clean the slate. And yeah. You tell you let the star be James Bond and Ian Fleming and this story and this special story, yeah. this unique story. I love Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Cool. It is number five on my list. Um, I like the biochemical terror aspect, <laughs> the angels of death, the brainwashing of them. Um, there's just lots of spy stuff going on. 
in this film. Um, Bond getting married, I do think is a little odd, uh, but I do believe the relationship and the locations are interesting as far as the villain's lair is a real location. Peace Gloria. Peace Gloria, yeah. yeah. Um, the title sequence is a little odd, but I like kind of seeing that history of Bond so far. Sure. Um, and yeah, I think the biggest thing here is we have, you know, Blofeld being insane and that's what makes a good movie. <laughs> cool. Um, I put this at number four. It's a strong romance story with just an unforgettable knockout ending, thrilling action scenes, gorgeous cinematography. I think this is the best score of the entire series. I love this music and it goes through the best action scenes and it was way ahead of its time with the synthesizers and and great love theme and great action um it's rough around the edges um the only reason i didn't put like number one and number four instead it's got the worst back projection of the entire series and there's a ton of it i mean they're not even trying like they're they're pointing they're moving the camera on backgrounds where they shouldn't be moving like when the helicopter yeah but the editing is also bad the dubbing is terrible yeah like there's so many technical yep. aspects of this yeah the technical stuff yeah the overzealous dialogue editing the dubbing where it's obviously not needed it's like it's like they were afraid to have any moments where people weren't talking so they would add in little parts of people are talking where they're obviously the lips aren't moving the middle section's kind of saggy it kind of gets a little slow and george is just kind of stuck there and peace gloria just chagging girls oh I mean, see i like all that stuff yeah peeking around <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's a little the women's it's 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 a little boring once he gets on the skis the movie like takes off and doesn't stop but that middle section i find it, i find myself checking my watch a little bit um, yeah, George is fine. I think, I, I like George. He has a raw, and man, he's a great in fight scenes. He just wallops and whacks people in the face, and I, and I, I really like it. Really strong movie, just little technical aspects. Except the editing ruins the fight sequences yep. at times. Yeah, and the editing is a little too edited. It's a little too choppy. They were removing frames of things in the middle of shots and just doing all these tricks. Freaky. Yeah, it, it, it just went a little bit too far with how experimental it was going, for my taste. Uh, I adore this movie. I rate it number two. Cool. This is a 007 film where Bond legitimately has an arc. No. Uh, there's real meaning and death given to this series uh, with the romance, which is totally believable. And hey, he marries Emma Peel, so I'm all for that. <laughs> um, yes, agreed. Best John Barry score. Best score of the Bond series, period. Absolutely. Uh, I love the way it's shot. I love the two, three, five framing in so much of this. Um, mm -hmm. You're right. Lazenby's great at the action, and there's an intensity to the action scenes and the fight scenes you don't get with the other Connery films, um, except for maybe the train fight. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I'm all for the the bevy of Bond ladies at uh, Piz Gloria, and of course we get the ultimate Bond uh, woman with uh, Diana Rigg. Uh, I love this. Is also another stripped down Bond. He's relying on his wits. He has mm -hmm. to rip out his pockets to climb the, the cable to escape. You, you know, like MacGyver whatever. Bond. I do. And don't get me wrong. I love a great gadget, too. But it has to be a clever gadget, as you say. And he's still using his wits in combination with the gadget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's using um, his kilt. Yes. No, <laughs> <laughs> so he never uses the radioactive lint. That gets <laughs> love the touching emotional scene with Money Penny at the wedding. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I we love think. that. And I also love the scene with Money Penny uh, and M. Where he, where M and Bond are being bullheaded, yeah, and going to quit, and yeah. then Money Penny saves them both. Yeah, love it. Money Penny, yeah. I think, was never. Lois Maxwell was never better no, than this one. No, yeah. Lois Maxwell is a great. So we see Bond's office. We get all those great props connecting him to the other uh, parts of the series. Uh, the rough around the edges doesn't even bother me. I just, I just really like the film. But granted, you know, when I saw it as a kid, 
I didn't fully get it. Yeah, same yeah, this, here. This one had to take time to warn me. This it's is only my when first I, movie at yeah. 15. Well, that's not a bad age to see it. I was seeing this at 7. Okay. And I didn't fully understand how come it took Lazenby 10 punches to take out a guy and Roger Moore 2 punches. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and things like that. And the whole idea of him getting I love married, how 7-year-old uh, minds yeah. like think. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I didn't understand why is Bond getting married. He doesn't have to get married before. What is, you know, I... There yeah. were things I didn't get, but when I saw it again in high school and especially college, and I was like really, I think like my third time through, I just went, it's like a light bulb went off, and I'm like, this is a masterpiece. This thing is amazing. So dis- uh, despite the part of the film where, you know, he sort of reminisces about his Connery years, um, <laughs> because it was my first, to mm. me, this was the explanation of why he is the way he is. Oh. Uh, and so... Uh, to me, it was like, that's why he's doing all these things and why he's having these weird relationships with women throughout um, is because of this situation. Interesting. That's yeah. how I had seen it. Yeah. Mm, okay. Even the saggy middle you describe, I just like the way he explores that weird place and he's trying to get the lay of the land and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm done. Move on. <laughs> I, I, it's a great movie. I give it five. I think La- I, I think Lazenby's fine. I, I think I think a lot of the judgment on him is... is a, a bit much. He's also supported by strong actors. Yeah. He's yes. got Diana Rigg who who holds him up in any scene that he's not strong in. Uh, Telly Savalas, I think, is great. The ski sequences are, uh, hold up to today. I absolutely believe that. He skis on one ski at one point. He also is scared. Yeah. Bond is really legitimately yeah. scared yeah. a couple times in that in the ski sequences or when he's when he's running from them. And frankly, she saves him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. he he was going to get caught. I think the avalanche stuff is phenomenal. That's all real. I know this is kind of ridiculous because it's a Bond film. Bond is, in my opinion, falling in love with Tracy, and then he goes up there and he bangs all these women. Yeah, I know. I, I have a problem with that, I guess. Maybe <laughs> maybe I believe in monogamy. I get he's Bond. I get I, that, so that's fine. But I have a theory when you get to it later. I, I just, I, I really, like, it just kind of bothers me that he's kind of declared his love for her and that happened. So I think the opening sequence is great. I think the fighting in the water is is awesome. They they throw him right into this movie. I don't like him talking to the camera. I know other people think it's fine. Yeah, I don't uh, like it. I think it's, I think it's actually, I think it, ru- it almost ruins the sequence. Yeah. And as everyone said, the music is far off. I think it's odd that he references, hey, I was a different person. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not just necessary. Like, I, I get that you've been, you've been moaning about it the whole film. I, I, it was completely unnecessary, yeah. but it's it's got great acting. It's it's a it's a it's a near one perfect thing, Bond film. One thing to correct you is that Bond does not say he loves Tracy until after he. I understand that, Pisa but Gloria. I absolutely, yeah. I absolutely believe. Well, no, he he yeah right. He tells her he loves her. He's going to marry her. They've been together for a while at that point. They have that's, a whole sequence okay, that's yeah. a good showing point. them falling in love. No, that's he had a good point. Yeah, but they're yeah, on the, no, they they are the horse, horses, the yeah. horse yeah. ride, I, I, the I, love I, song. They, yeah. they basically picked out the ring without really saying it. So I, I, okay. I, be, they are, I absolutely there. believe he's in love but with her at that is point. Is he working her because he's going to get the name of and, Blofeld if, if he is okay. really genuine? Is he really falling in love with her? I 100 That's where I'm at. I don't think he truly falls for her until she saves him and he really sees her. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think, I think you're and right. that's why I think the change happened. I think he's, yeah. I think he's in love with her before that. I'm not saying there isn't a setup. I'm not or saying, he doesn't. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, He doesn't want to accept it. Yeah, he's James Bond. It would take a while for him to. <laughs> I, I, I. Okay, it's more romantic at heart. I thought they fell in love with having sex with the ghost. It's Sir, Sir Hilary Bray. Yeah, there you go. Wow. There you go. Wow. He's Perfect. I gotta remember to change my name next time. Oh. Yikes. 
Okay. Speaking, speaking of one little thing that I forgot is is that dubbing of Hillary Bray bugs me too. I sure. really want to hear been, George uh, Lazenby. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard George kind of do the voice in documentaries, and he would have been fine. It would have been fine. It's, it's it's where they dubbed him over. I, I feel like we don't get. Maybe that's why the middle section kind of bores me. Is I don't feel like we're quite getting George Lazenby as Bond. I feel like half of his performance is his audio is right. is taken away from him. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy. And I, I don't like that. I think it's overdubbed. But anyway, yeah. okay, Casino Royale. Oh, they're both so similar. Uh, this is number three on my list. Um, when I first saw this movie, I didn't like it because it uh, hit me very emotionally. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's a good movie. <laughs> You weren't expecting to I be emotional. I wasn't expecting to be so emotional, and so I was like, this is terrible. But that's actually <laughs> a sign of a good movie. It's very dark, it's gritty, it's very real. I think the Bond girl, uh, Vesper, she's very complicated, yet yeah. strong, and the connection um, with Bond uh, is very believable to me, even more than uh, Tracy yeah. in Her Majesty's. Yeah, so the love story completely makes sense. Um, the sequence where Bond is poisoned with a martini and almost dies, um, I really uh, think that's a great sequence. Um, it is a very long movie, though, and you really have to be paying attention <laughs> um, to follow it. It's a great, it's a really good, gritty movie, I think, for a Bond film. Cool. Um, this is my number one Um by far, my number one. If I could give it ten spaces above number one, I would. This is this is not only my favorite Bond movie. It's probably my favorite movie of all time. It's up there with maybe Back to Future, maybe. But I think this is my favorite movie. But when I actually looked at it, I had to think, is this really my favorite or is it really good? And I'm like, nah, man. When I looked at all the elements of what it does. It's just, it's just a perfect cocktail of intrigue and action and romance and drama and humor. And torture. Humor. There is humor. This movie is so funny. I, it's one of the one of the movies I watched, and I watched it in theater so many times. And every single one, the audience was just so would would audibly react exactly how they wanted. They'd gasp when they saw Vesper on the road. They would cry at the end. They would laugh at all the jokes. They would. It was. It just perfectly plays emotions of the audience. Just like it's just a masterclass. Um, it's a brilliant adaptation of a really difficult-to-adapt Fleming novel. When people say, oh, you can't make a book about that, I'm like, man, look at this. This whole novel takes place in his head, and it's just a, a boring card game, you know? And they they really figured out how to film this in a good way. Um, it's a great score. It's uh, really cohesive, and I love how the Bond theme is used sparingly, and then when you hear it at the end, it just rocks, you know? Um, one thing that I think this movie did better than Honor Majesty's Secret Service is that it leaves you with... Even though both end on a similarly tragic note, you leave the theater feeling energized and excited. Unlike Majesty, just ends just with yeah. like a gut shot, right? Um, and Daniel Craig, so good, completely makes it his own part. You would think that at the, at six actors, no one could give it a new spin, but he totally does. Um, it's just a fresh, brave, it's a huge gamble movie that pays off in every way. My only real negatives to this movie is like the, the product placements are pretty painful from Omega and Sony. Uh, and Tanner really should have been M's aid in this one, not this Villiers guy. That's kind of weird. Um, but that's it. I love this. It's everything I love about movies and life in like one movie in, in this one. And I think it's just so effective. I also didn't understand why M didn't have a money penny. Like it, that weirded me out. There should have been, or, or that why M was penny. even the same M. Like, right. Yeah. Well, but you don't, you don't fire Judy Dench. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Understandably it's confusing, but yeah, it was, it was the exact kind of reboot that the series needed. And I'm glad they kept her on, even though it was, Weird. The parkour uh, scene at the start is just so, like, 
jumping into to that movie, I think that's yeah. a good way. The uh, I forgot to mention. I think I think some of the best action scenes ever filmed for any movie are, are in this movie. The parkour chase and the uh, the Miami airport sequence, so good. Bob, um, yeah, Casino Royale, two thousand six. That's my number twelve. Um, what? The reason for this? Twelve. Well, hey, guys. he's gonna say why. I'm gonna explain why. This is this is a prime example of why in Bob many, is wrong. And many times, God damn it. <laughs> Of why um, many times I like to take the Craigs and rate them over here. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm motioning over to my left. Okay. And take the rest of the Bond movies and put them over to my right. Because okay. it's a reboot. And in many ways, it's like, okay, for a reboot, it's very, very good. I think I'd still edge Skyfile over it, but it might beat it on the right day. Like, okay. it might beat it in the right move. As a spy thriller, I agree with a lot with what Brad said. It is excellently made. It's excellently shot. It's excellently edited. Some great, uh, some, some wonderful tension, some wonderful humor. Uh, great action sequences. It's got a lot going for it. As a Bond film, I find it very lacking. And the reason I say that is because this reboot threw out a little too much baby for my bathwater, is what I'm saying. And that's why I can't, in the scheme of great Bond films, put it as number one. I can't what, do it. What did you not get uh, beyond, uh, that you want in a Bond movie that you did not get in this one? Beyond maybe, I don't know, Q. See, I'm probably going to agree with a lot of what you're about to say on this aspect. Yeah, and I know some people also started like this but then came around later, like like you described. Yeah. And, like, the way I describe it is, uh, it, it, was like, it was like diet James Bond in a way, <laughs> you know? Oh, you, my um, gosh. But, and the length kind of hurts it, too. I mean, the end, and I understand part of that is a leftover of the novel, so I get it. It's not, you're kind of trapped by it. But it feels like a fourth act. Like once they solve the issue yeah. with the chief, it does feel like, oh my god, we're still going. And, I see what you mean. And part of that is also because of all the stuff they added in the beginning, which was great. It was very well done. All the stuff at the airport, great sequence. All the stuff with the parkour, great stuff. Yeah. Not in the book. So there's that thing where it's like, well, we could have made this structurally work, except we added all the stuff, but it was really good stuff. I don't want to cut it. But, uh. So that's part of where I'm at there. Arnold uh, delivers his second best score, uh, in my opinion. It, it, you're right. I love the kind of back to basics feel of the alternate theme. Yeah, it's oh, and yeah, I'm confused and have Judy Dench still playing M, but Skyfall makes up for it. So I'm cool. But before that, <laughs> I really didn't like their, them keeping Judy Dench. I thought that was a confusing move mm-hmm. to do that with this weird clean sweep reboot that you'd have this one holdover. Um, Plus, anything that supports the code name theory, I I want to yeah, I, I do get upset by that just because um, I want the theory to go away. I, uh, I, I, but I love Daniel Craig's uh, performance. I thought he did a really good job. And uh, especially because, you know, I'm a Dalton fan and he's like Dalton 2.0 for me. Uh, and, and Lashif is a good villain. Um, it's just that, again, in my Bond films, I want Bond and the villain to have the final confrontation. I don't want him to get killed by his own bad guys and then have like a whole other thing take off over here. It just, it's just weird to me. And I know it's from the book. Yeah. So it's not like I have a pitchfork for the filmmakers, but it's just that's not what I want out of my Bond movies. But so they had the, you know, torture confrontation. Yeah, the torture was great. That was well handled. Very well adapted, I think. Uh, the whole, the, the, the infamous rope scene. Um, there's a, look, there's a lot of great stuff. If I remove my what I want from a Bond movie out of this, it does go a lot higher. Mm. Mm-hmm. But because of that, it gets crippled, and that's why I like Skyfall more, because it gotcha. gives you more of my Bond ingredients. Your classic Bond ingredients. Yes. But... There's stuff I really do like. And, and Oh, and Jeffrey Wright's a great Felix. Yeah. We, we, so. we will debate later, I'm sure, but Ryan, what was your... It's my number one. Boom, baby. I, I love this movie. It's virtually a perfect movie, I think. I love the black and white open sequence. I think that's I think that's so well handled. I, I love the theme song. I think it's great. Yeah. Ava Green is I think she's one of the best, yep. if not if not the best. She's got this great line when they're getting ready. Ready. He's given her a, a, a dress and 
you expecting me to wear that? And she says, there are dinner jackets, and then there are dinner jackets. Yes. This is the latter. I love that. I love their, their scene together mm -hmm. where they're both orphans, and they talk about... I love all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love Felix Leiter in it. Uh, bleeding from his eyes, the sheaf, I think. I think that's great. Yeah. You know, Bond goes crazy at one point and grabs a knife to go stab him. Yeah. And stops him. I yeah. love, I, I think that's that's all great Bond stuff. Um, the, the movie suffers from multiple <laughs> endings that happen. They really do happen in a number of Bond films. So the movie does sort of drag out a little bit. But I love Craig and her together. I, any sequence that they're together yeah. is just, I think, is is. Perfect. Well, after the staircase, uh, I, the fight. staircase scene is great. It's by the great, way. and it's after that, sequence. just like their connection in the, the shower, that shower yeah. scene. That shower like, scene. Oh, is, to me, even yeah. the first time seeing it, that yeah. was so impactful. It's yeah. a stunning scene. This is one that you could show somebody, and they'd be like, "Okay, I get Bond." Yeah. So I yeah. love it. Yeah. Uh, it's number two for me, but it's right <laughs> next to number one. They're just like a point away. <laughs> it could easily be my number one. As you know, well. if you did, it would break this time. No, I didn't want to say that. No, no, I'm keeping mine exactly. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. I love it. It's an amazing adaptation of uh, my favorite Bond book. And it's a movie that grips you emotionally and holds you right to the end. I have no problem with the multiple endings. I don't think the movie ends with the villain. I think the villain is secondary to his emotional journey and his relationship with Vesper. And the fact that that continues yeah. is both wonderful and horrifying because you're waiting for the next shoe to drop and when it does it's devastating yeah. I just think it's a great movie it's a movie I would show to any person uh, which is not true of a lot of other Bond yep. movies and they would love it as a movie and get James Bond it lays the template this I like what Bob says though that it doesn't give you everything you want in a James Bond movie mm -hmm. gives you a lot Skyfall does that for me, it's it's the two. It's Casino Royale and Skyfall. To me, are two, the two movies that achieve perfect bondness mm. together. And okay. you kind of almost don't need anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, my retort uh, for this, particularly you, Bob, um, is that I, I have actually used this movie. This is my new movie where people are like, I've never seen it. They find out I'm a James, James Bond fan. Like, I've never seen it, right? Yeah. And I've this has been the first movie I give. And every single time I've given it to yeah. people, particularly at work, particularly women, you know, Watch this movie, and every time it it knocks them out. And they're like, "I want to see more. I want to see more." Yeah. This so so for a modern audience, this is the one that is politically correct. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? This is the one you can give to anybody without any apologies whatsoever. Just be like, "Here you go. It's a great movie." Um, for me, Bob, I, yeah, I, sure. I understand the idea that maybe it's missing elements, but to me, this was by Die Another Day. It was like you had steak. It is missing elements. It's very true. Yeah, <laughs> but to me, it was like you were used to having a really nice cut of steak. But then on top of the steak, you're adding like gravy, and you're adding mushrooms, and you're adding onions, you're adding potatoes, and you're adding all this shit that you don't need, right? This was all about stripping all that shit off and just having that basic, really good steak, and you're just getting that, you know what I mean? That elemental flavor of the elements of James Bond, mm -hmm. and that's what I like about it. And I and, and the ballsiness of stripping all that stuff that people like. People like the, the gadgets, and they like the, you know, and I like how it stripped it down to those basic elements and really perfected them. And you have all the elements just maybe in, in different uh, yeah. uh, scale. It doesn't, yeah. There isn't a giant villain's headquarters, but there is a, yeah. a, a set piece in the end. It's sort of all there. I think it, it dropped to number two for me. The only thing that I would say I don't like about the movie, yeah. I don't like David Arnold's music at all. Any of really? The yeah, I don't, I, I don't oh, like it at all. Wow. Um, it's his best score, and I love the theme song. Um, and I don't know if this is his fault or not. I don't like how the movie is scored. 
It's huh. overscored. Every time a card turns over, there needs to be a musical sting. Every time a woman <laughs> walks in the room, there needs to be music. I feel like it's like get him out of here. This is this is serious. Okay, These are huh. professionals. So I remember that was the only thing that threw me. I thought, gosh, if it wasn't that hack, overscored, overscoring this movie huh. during a card game. Keep it quiet. Don't project. Uh, but that's what dropped it just a little. Wow. Brutal. Okay. And my counter analogy would be not steak, but something like a soup, where (laughs) if you lose those ingredients, you don't have the same soup. Okay. You know, it's like it's like oh, this is missing uh, some carrots and that celery, and oh my god, where's the chicken? Oh, I just got noodles, (laughs) and it's not even salty. What the hell is this? But good noodles. Yeah, but really good noodles. Oh, damn good noodles. Fair enough. See, that's the way I look at it. And don't get me wrong. I mean, not every. Obviously, I like you know your the the Dalton and the Modern Majesties and stuff, and I appreciated a, a kind of return to that. It's just when you approach things as a reboot and you're kind of making this clean slate so there's no more sort of connection anymore to that history and there's this alternate way he gets the Aston Martin and, yeah, yeah, as you said, like, no gadgets in the world of an established Bond I'm totally cool with. No gadgets in this weird new Bond world where, like, he just becomes a double O, but it's kind of not my idea of how he becomes a double O or what I remember in the books, and then you get... So, as I said, it's like it was an adjustment, and I go, well, for what this is, for alternate universe Bond, for Kelvin versus Bond... Cool, but yeah. this isn't Prime Universe Bond that okay. I like over here. Gotcha. And it's, as I said, so it's not just and about Skyfall gadgets. Skyfall is the Prime Universe Bond. It, it feels right. like it's sliding yeah. back okay. into place. That's why people, I go back and forth. What yeah. do I like better, Casino Royale or Skyfall? I think I like Skyfall better. Okay. Even though on my list it, it comes out quite different. It's because it is Prime Bond. But, Boom. <laughs> I, I, but this is almost what happened to me when Doctor Who came back on, is that whenever people wanted to try it, I knew, look, I'm not an idiot. I love classic Who, but I knew I had to show them Rose or the first Tenant. And the new, new get, series. Well, the new yeah. series. To get people on board. Yeah. So what you just said completely makes sense. Absolutely. You're going to show people Casino Royale or, or maybe Skyfall because that's what, you know, it's modern and, it, and yeah. yeah, it's a very, it's still a very good film. And, and because it's a reboot, it's a jumping on point. Yep. It's a good So I totally part. get that. So I don't, I don't, I, it's like, I, I totally respect why people like this movie, but for me as a Bond film, it's, it's never going to be number one. Okay, what is our number one? Well, we one? know what number one, because the amazed. spy who loved me has proved that nobody does it better. All right. Cool. Wow. Okay, this is my number two. To me, this is the most flat-out entertaining of the series. Like, if you just want to have a great time, mm-hmm. this is the most fun. It, it totally plays to Roger Moore's strengths. Uh, it's humorous without devolving into pure slapstick. Uh, it's got just impressive set designs. Epic cinematic segments include the reveal of the, it's just this big movie reveal of the villain's lair and the pyramid sequence and that huge final battle with the army against the army against the army in the, in the super tanker. Uh, it's super seventies costumes and music. Jaws is one of the best men, henchmen of the series in this one. Maybe the best, um, Mm -hmm. the best title sequence of the classic films, I think just beautiful. Um, without question, the best pre-title sequence of the classic movies for sure. Maybe of the whole series with that, with the parachute jump. Uh, the Lotus Submarine actually gives the DB5 a run for its money. Um, my only real negatives are Barbara Bach, she's a bit out of her acting league in this one. It seems about 15 minutes too long. It just seems a little bit too long. It's more interested in pure spectacle than real drama or intrigue like some of the other Bond movies like, you know, Casino Royale. Oh, and, and the awful swing band cover of Nobody, Nobody Does It Better at the End is kind of... Uh, a little bit unforgivable to me, but man, I do I do enjoy the hell of this movie. This is like all the elements I think that you were talking your about, Bond. Two, you said. Yeah, my number two. I think all the elements. If you want that classic flavor, 
this is what you get, man. This is everything that you want in a classic Bond film. What did you give it? Yeah, I'd agree. It's my number three. Cool. Um, definitive classic Bond. Yeah. This is the 70s high watermark. This is this is Roger Moore's Goldfinger. Yeah. Jaws makes possibly the best henchman, if not the second best. I, I might give that still the odd job. Great theme song. Um, solid score by Marvin Hamlish. Um, love the uh, sets. Love the sweep. Uh, I like the plot. I like Stromberg as a villain. You, yeah. you, even beyond Barbara Bach, who of course is really hot, but I agree, maybe not the strongest actress. But even like the, the side Bond women are all like Naomi. <laughs> she's like sexy and hot yeah. but evil at the same time. Yeah. Even the yeah. throwaways, Valerie Leon as the hotel yeah. clerk and stuff like that. You're just like, wow, this is a world you want to live in. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to wear leisure suits and yeah. meet all these wonderful women and drive lotuses that turn into subs. Yeah. Yeah, and it yeah, and it's paced well. It's consistently entertaining. Yeah, I love the Atlantis base. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, yeah. So yeah, you see that stuff, you're just like, yeah, this is this is James Bond right here. Anyway, fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah. I ranked it number three. It's obviously Roger Moore's best. I this is a big movie. Everything yeah. about yeah. this movie is big. They got submarines in it. I mean, two submarines, <laughs> yeah. three submarines. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, oh. and the Lotus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love everything. I think Barbara Bach is great in this. I, I actually really like her. This is a scene where they're together where she's found out that Bond has killed her husband or lover or whatever. And I think it's great where he tells her it was him or me and she says, I'm going to kill you. Oh, I think that's... I think that's there's not a lot of Fleming in this movie. That moment was Fleming, and there's enough of those that that I think it's still a real Bond film. I think I just think Roger is so good in this movie. He is he is perfect yeah. in this film. Yeah. yeah, he's absolutely perfect in this film. I love Nobody Does It Better. I think it's one of the best songs in the opening sequence. Yeah, it's one of the best ever. So, uh, this what else are you gonna say? It's a, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's number one. Hey. It's number one for me. I think it's a perfectly realized James Bond movie. All the elements you guys talked about it. Every element is nailed to perfection and kicked up. And then there's this whole level of emotional engagement that this movie achieves without beating you over the head in it hmm. in, in, in any way. It is a simple, elegant setup of that it's as much her movie as it is his movie. We see her set up, we see his set up, mm -hmm. and Bond has killed her lover. That's also her motivating thing. And the fact that they lay that in, and when they reveal that at a key point, suddenly that complicates the entire ending emotionally for Bond. Mm -hmm. It's done in one easy scene, yeah. yet oh, yeah. it colors everything. Mm. And her, when this mission is over, I'll kill you. Is that bullet for me? Yeah. It's fantastic, yeah. and it really involves you. I think she's great. And so it's a perfect Bond movie. It's a Bond movie of scale. It's a Bond movie that achieves everything and brings this genuine layer of emotional engagement that we didn't have since Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. In a movie also that nails everything else. And it's just perfection. Spy You Love Me. Yeah. Number one <laughs> on my list. <laughs> uh, I also have placed it number one on my list. Wow. Um, hey. Because, as most of you said, it uh, it just, as far as a Bond movie, everything is in it. Um, you've got all of the exotic locations. Um, you've got this crazy, yet dignified bad guy who wants yeah. his undersea empire. And, you know, Bond teams up with an adversary, a Russian spy, 
and there's all sorts of spy stuff happening, and you've got this amazing car. It's like transforms too, like (laughs) (laughs) and you've got this bad guy Jaws, who you know is a a bit unstoppable. And the ski parachute sequence at the start is amazing. Um, There's not much bad I can even think about this film. There isn't Uh, it. Gives you what every Bond film should have. And what every Bond film tries. You know, there's so much like, oh, the Bond girl's going to be Bond's equal. They always say yeah. that, you know, and they never are. You know, it's like, oh, Halle Berry, you know, make her super kick-ass, therefore she is equal. No, it doesn't work. Triple X really is. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's equal because she's capable and she's smart, but also she's as committed to her Russian ideology as Bond is to Britain. She kind of has this yeah. fundamental thing, too, which is funny. Yeah. Throughout it, she plays little, like, yeah. uh, you know, after the Karl Marx, of course. <laughs> she sort of is, you know, in her own zone. So when they come together in the end, it is a true meeting of East and West. Right. Uh, it's it's delightful in that way. She sort of has Bond's for the for Queen and Country she mania. knocks him out too. Like they're, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're about she, to get hot and heavy, and she knocks him out. It's well, great. She's, she's takes on the, the mission. She yeah, takes, he she takes it, it, she takes it away from she's him. She's got her, her eye on the ball. Yeah, with considerable ease. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, it's that the kind dialogue. Of back and that dialogue that's is genuine great. fun stuff and that's real yep. relationship building yep. and right when they're at that point where she's undone them then it's like <laughs> you two are going to work together it's just it's, it's just, just so delightful it's such an effortless movie like like if you think about the pre-title sequence it is both a mission like a mission mission like its own little story yeah but also the way it weaves in you yeah, know it's, it, it, you don't think it's going to be connected and you're like oh it really is it's connected. a master it's, it's a, a setting up scene. the yeah. whole movie is set up set in the up. pre-title sequence yep. ends on a throwing stunt yeah all it right ends on the best stunt of the whole series so i believe that we have now talked about all the movies but but we have to come up with our final ranking now um so at this point we're going to now tally up our final results that we each have, average those, and dear viewers, we'll be back very soon, and we will tell you what our final rankings are. We have just tallied our final averages, and here is where we ended up. Go ahead, Athena. Okay, number 25, Quantum of Solace. Eh. Stayed where it was. <laughs> <laughs> number 24 is tied with number 23. So we have a tie now between Die Another Day and A View to a Kill. There was previously not a tie. Okay. Number 22, The Man with the Golden Gun. Number 21, The World is Not Enough. We have now broken a tie. Number 20 is Spectre. Number 19 is Never Say Never Again, and that moved down on our list. Number 18, we have another broken tie. We have Diamonds Are Forever at number 18, License to Kill at number 17, Tomorrow Never Dies is number 16, Thunderball is number 15. We then have Dr. No at number 14. That ended up moving down on the list. The Living Daylights is number 13. That's not bad, Bob. Live and Let Die is number 12. That moved down on the list. Octopussy moved up on the list to number 11, which is now tied with You Only Live Twice, which moved down on the list. Moonraker is now number 9. It moved up. 
For your eyes only is number eight, golden eye, seven, skyfall is number six. Top five. From Russia with love is number five, goldfinger is number four. We've now broken our tie. Number three is officially Casino Royale. Number two is officially On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Official. And The Spy Who Loved Me stays at number one. Officially the best James Bond movie ever. We have proved it with science. <laughs> let's, let's, I mean, we should have known because the title song did tell us. So. <laughs> that is true. Anyways, I am really happy. Thank you so much for my all of our guests here for, uh, you know, uh, talking for hours. And thank you all for listening to us for hours or possibly just a few minutes if you skipped ahead, which I don't blame you. So uh, <laughs> thanks for listening and having a great time with us. I know I had a hell of a time uh, finally talking to all my friends to feel where they really stand and now I'll have to figure out if some of them are still my friends. And with that all in mind, I uh, hope all your martinis are shaken, not stirred. Uh, we'll be back next week with more regular Shop Talk here on Costume Station Zero. Thanks so much, everybody.